Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 76. Can you believe it? Thirst and Goal. Seriously, Ben, I cannot believe it. We've been doing this for such a long time. And once again, I'm excited to be back with you. Last weekend was the first weekend in, what, 10 weeks or so uh, that I actually got to sit here with you and not do a remotely, a remotely recorded podcast. So I'm excited once again, Ben. Oh, I can't believe it. I thought it would be, you know... Initially, I thought it would be like two or three weeks, and then I thought, oh my God, it might be six months. Uh, But finally, you know, we reached a middle ground here in California where we're allowed to uh, socially distance and still see the people that we care about. Uh, We did for whatever it was, like uh, nine or ten episodes almost. Yeah, it was nine or ten, and the sound quality was okay. Uh, you know, at the beginning, those first couple of remotely recorded, or three actually, because uh, I was just using the uh, the mic on my phone, and then you got me that lapel mic, and then I got that cheap one on Amazon, and you got me that really nice one from Amazon that worked a little bit better, so I appreciate that, Ben, but this, nothing beats this. Yes, and we're together so we can see each other and our facial expressions and how we're reacting to the stories and the things that we talk about, it. so we're really Really excited to be back uh, at 100% full strength with all of the beverages that we enjoy on the table together. Uh, Franny, how was your week this week? It was all right. It was all right, Ben. I mean, I worked today. Um, I haven't worked too many Saturdays in the past six months, so this is a little different. Um, but, you know, I got off work. I uh, ran home, ate real quick, took a short nap, <laughs> had some coffee, and, uh, you know, got out and... Uh, Got some of the the drinks, the beverages of the evening. So you know, this week was all right. What about you, Ben? Yeah, it was a it was a shorter week. Uh, took a couple of days off this week uh, to get some things done. But other than that, you know, it, it's uh, again feels like one long day working from home. Uh, gonna have a busy week next week for sure. And uh, having not taken any time off of any significant. You know, yeah. of I mean, any significance usually, since we went to Croatia yeah, last I mean, this, year well, in this is August. Usually, usually the time we look forward yeah. to possibly taking a trip, but this year it's probably just not going to happen with the whole uh, COVID-19 thing still affecting the entire globe. Yeah, and it's just an interesting, you know, you don't want to take time off to do nothing, but, but coming yeah. up, I'm almost coming up now, and you probably are as well, coming up on almost a year since I've taken any significant time off more than a couple days mm-hmm. in a row in any given week. And, you know, it's getting to be a little mind numbing. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to figure out, so I'll have to figure out some way to get somewhere, uh, maybe visit some family on the East Coast. That'd be nice, somehow and, and figure something out. But it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people in the same boat, obviously. Mm-hmm. If you take time off, where are you going to go? What are you yeah. going to do? Exactly. Uh, but just sort of being able to decompress, I think, is important, especially now. Uh, but yeah, it was it was an okay week. Uh, nothing to write home about. Uh, Franny, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I have a little bit of Coke and Knob Creek rye. Ooh, you went to the Knob Creek? Knob Creek, yeah. It's actually, it's nice. You know, the Knob Creek rye and a little bit of Coke. Not too much uh, Coke in there, but it's uh, it's good. What about you, Ben? I went back this week. Sonia did an inventory of <laughs> all of our liquor 
and our mixers today. It was quite an ordeal. Uh, we should post that picture of the 150 or so bottles we had spread out over our Lanai floor this afternoon. But I actually found that I had a little bit more of the aviation gin, the American style gin from Ryan Reynolds, uh, actor and owner of Mint Mobile. Uh, also has an aviation gin, which donates a significant percentage of the profits go to, um, important charities, but it's a great American gin. Goes perfect with lime tonic and the rosemary that Frane brought me tonight goes really, really well with the rosemary. So I, I definitely highly recommend the aviation gin from uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, it's a great American gin. Sounds good. Man. Right. I'm not a big gin fan. I mean, seriously, I, I, I probably need to get, I mean, it, it, it seems like uh, more and more folks these days are starting to drink gin. It's making a little bit of a comeback. Maybe I should start sipping on that. Yeah. I mean, it's a lower, you know, lower calories, whatever there, there's something in the Browns that uh, raises the sugar content of the, of the way that the body metabolizes it. So the vodkas, the gins are a little bit less, you know, in calories. I mean, that's and, not and, my and, concern. Well, I've been drinking it for 20, well, 30 but years. You've been paying more attention to that lately. Yeah, then that is you true. Know, you, you've that been is working true. out more. You have your workout routine and, uh, so you're, you're, you're paying more attention to the calories, that your is calorie true. intake. Yeah. It's, I mean, working out, I had did it for a long time. Uh, when I was younger then I did it again, uh, you know, about 10 years ago for a couple of years, and I'm just getting back into it now as a way of keeping my body in shape, you know, working from home, not doing as much as I used to in terms of walking around. And yeah, I've been, I've been cutting back drastically <laughs> on my sugar intake uh, to try to burn off the, you know, the middle aged gut that I have somehow <laughs> uh, found myself with this gut after about 45 plus years on this planet. Uh, Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board, we have our NFL news. We also have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners. We also have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. We have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, Ben's Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. We also have the feel good story. We're also going to talk a little bit about the documentary about Bruce Lee, the 30 for 30 on ESPN this past weekend or was it last weekend it was last weekend last sunday i think it was last sunday and we also have our shot of the week which is butterfinger inspired and we've dubbed it the agalor uh we also have <laughs> our brown or beverage of the week which is an american whiskey stolen whiskey that's what it's called stolen whiskey aged 11 years and we also have our beer of the week from San Diego, bro. Uh, Once again, dude. it's a what's it? Mission Brewery. <laughs> I think so, bro. It's an IPA, and uh, we also have housekeeping to finish up the show. That's uh, the saddest portion of the show. <laughs> uh, so we are going to lead off tonight with a little bit of NFL news. And first up on the big board, Franny, George Kittle mm -hmm. looking for a big payday. The San Francisco 49ers have one of the best players in the NFL and also, in my opinion, one of the most annoying players in the NFL. To keep George Kittle long term, they may have to pay him That's entertaining. like one. He's entertaining. He's, he's not annoying. He's entertaining. He's, uh, yeah, he's entertaining in a WWE kind of way. <laughs> uh, speaking about Kittle on the NFL network, former scout Daniel Jeremiah shared a stunning revelation about where George Kittle's contract talks might be headed. I think he's going to find his way closer to 20 million than he's going to be to 15 million. Jeremiah said that's why he was run out of the league, not 
a scout anymore because there's hybrids guys that can do a lot of different things, and that's the word we've used here with George Kittle. But then there's another level. I just call him a unicorn. Uh, speaking to the unicorn notion, Jeremiah elaborated, there's nobody else like him in the NFL. He is one of one that can do everything he does at the level at which he does it. That makes him, in my opinion, the most va- the most valuable 49er on that team. He's 26 years old. He's got high character. Eh, he's a leader. And there are guys you are okay with maybe paying a little bit more than you'd want to. And George Kittle may be one of them. What do you say about George Kittle mm-hmm. getting 20 million That's, dollars next year that sounds like a lot i mean it sounds like a lot for a tight end but he does do a lot for the team i mean he's not only a tight end he's he's one of their receivers really i mean he is a hybrid uh you know when you look at his stats you know from 2018 1377 receiving yards 2019 1053 receiving yards that's a tight end yeah it's, you know, I mean, Rob Gronkowski I, I, might have something to say about it. No, I'm, that's, Tony and, Gonzalez might have something to say guys, about it. But those guys were Antonio also at, Gates might want to have something to say about it. And those guys were at the top of their game. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the greats. You know, I mean, you look at you know Zach Ertz. He recently signed a contract. Kelsey, I'm not sure if he also signed a contract. Not yet. I don't and think. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you look at you look at Gronk. I mean, they're all sort of hybrids. I mean, they are tight ends, but tight ends that that position uh, in the NFL for the last uh, you know ten years has really made a comeback. I mean, there was a time when tight ends weren't really used in the 90s, but now they are sort of becoming that hybrid where they're blockers and receivers. I mean, they catch as good and are as fast as some of the receivers out there, and they're huge. But are they worth that much money? That I'm not sure about. What did did Ertz's contract look like? You know, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I know we covered it a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I can look that up while you let us know what you feel, Ben, about Kittle and whether or not he's worth that much money. Well, I don't think he's a unicorn. I think a lot of this analysis has to do with that play in the playoffs last year when he broke those tackles down the sideline and ended up, you know, broke like three tackles and ended up in the end zone in the playoffs. He's certainly an extraordinary talent at the tight end position. Uh, so was Gronkowski. So was Antonio Gates. So was Tony Gonzalez. Uh, there were other guys out there that that played at this level. I know he can also block pretty well. But, I mean, I think $20 million for a tight end uh, is still too much money. That is, yeah. I mean, it looks like for Ertz. The- Ertz, uh, his deal was worth forty-two uh, million dollars over five over a six-year deal. Six years worth forty-four five uh, forty-four five hundred. Yeah, I mean that's less than ten million dollars a year, right? Yeah, it is less than ten million dollars a year. And he, in terms of yardage, I don't think he's that far off from where Kittle was. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would love to have George Kittle on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but twenty million dollars out of a hundred ninety-eight million dollar salary cap, or you know, give or take, what it'll be. Next year, we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show. I just think it's a little bit too much given the injury risk at that position if Kittle continues to play at 100 miles an hour for the next couple of years. I mean, he's obviously an extraordinary talent, but $20 million, I think no, that's I'd go lot. closer to 15 and maybe about, even 12. What about 17? I still think it's too much money. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's too much money for one player at that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, the 49ers have a different type of offense. They are, you know, they're running uh, 12-man formation on a regular basis with, you know, a core of running backs. They have a different type of, of offense mm-hmm. that they run. So in that offense, he fits in well. In Tampa, uh, they're going to run that type of formation a lot this year, the same offense they ran in New England for a lot of years. I just think $20 million. Yeah. 
I mean, I, a I, I think, lot of money. It's it's essentially you know ten percent of your salary. Yeah, yeah, I mean he. I mean he does deserve a large a lot contract for for what he's done so far. But I, I you know I I do think more than fifteen would be very generous for a tight end. But definitely his body of work. I mean he, he's played excellent the last couple of seasons. Whether or not he could keep it up, you know, in the long term, you know that's that's yet to be seen. But uh, he definitely deserves, you know. A ton of money. Oh, for sure. For and, a tight end. And Daniel Jeremiah has never really impressed me with his analysis. And he, he certainly didn't impress when he was a scout in the NFL either. I, I think that this is recency bias. I think if you watch Gronkowski uh, during those Super Bowl runs or Tony Gonzalez at the prime of his career, I don't think you'd be saying that George Kittle is a unicorn. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Gonzalez is a better receiver than George Kittle will ever be. Uh, you know, he fell short in the, you know, he wasn't a great blocker. Uh, so he had some shortcomings, but to say that George Kittle is some special tight end that we've never seen before, uh, I think Tom Brady and 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 uh, and, and Gronk might have something to say about that. Yeah, but I mean, just imagine what his numbers would be if he did have a Tom Brady throwing the ball. I mean, I, you know how I feel about Jimmy GQ. I don't hate the guy, but just imagine if he had a you know a slightly better quarterback throwing him the football. I mean, these are uh, yards that he's accumulated with the talent that they have currently at quarterback. I mean, just imagine if they had. You know, Drew Brees. I know, yeah. I don't know how you feel about Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or you know Ben Roethlisberger. If he had this sort of tight end on his team, I mean, these are huge numbers for Jimmy GQ yeah, throwing in the for ball. Sure, for sure. Just imagine if he had Philip Rivers. Oh <laughs> Lord in heaven! Yeah, Rivers' feelings were hurt this week because uh, people saying that he was done. He, uh, you know, let it get to him a little bit, and he's he's bound and determined to come out this year and prove everybody wrong. <laughs> um, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I think I think George Kittle, great player, but ten percent of the cap to a tight end, you know, that's I, I just think it's that's too much lot. money. All right, next up we have Tua Tagovailoa. Wait, Tagovailoa. I'm going to try oh, it. Oh, oh. Tagovailoa. Uh, oh, Tua Tagovailoa. Week by week, Ben, you're getting better. Bruce Arians says Tua should start. Tampa Bay Bucks coach Bruce Arians, known as the NFL's quarterback whisperer, uh, did so for Ben Roethlisberger, that's for sure, said there should be no controversy at the position for the Miami Dolphins. Arians said he would start the rookie Tua Tagovailoa if he's healthy over longtime veteran Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think it all depends on his health. If he's healthy, I'm playing him. Arians told 100.9 FM in Alabama via JoeBucksFan.com. Uh, what do you think about Tua Tagovailoa starting? Sorry, yep. folks, we have a helicopter flying over. Uh, you know, this does happen from time to time. Either it's the helicopter or it's the fireworks blowing up in the background. But no, I mean, of course, I agree with that. We've been talking about this, you know, for weeks as well. I mean, if you're going to take a guy in the first round, you start that guy, especially on this team, you have absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, Fitzpatrick, you know, he fills in, he has a few good games, he gets everybody excited, and then he has a few bad games, and then, you know, the backup or whoever comes in, and then it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's like... It's like a roller coaster. It's, it is like a roller coaster with this guy, but with Tua, you draft him that high, if he's healthy, if he's ready to play, if he's ready to go, you throw him right into game action on the first day. Absolutely, and, I, and I, I'm going to quote a little bit more from Arians, and he, I agree with him 100%. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick... We've been down this road before, uh, but Arians went on to say, I don't think you learn anything holding a clipboard. The 67-year-old coach added, you know what? I had Peyton Manning his first year, Andrew Luck in his first year. Ben Roethlisberger was one of those guys that went in by accident because Tommy, Tommy Gunn Maddox got hurt. 
You miss all the practice reps. You miss the game reps. I don't know what you learn holding a clipboard mm-hmm. watching, and I just love. Yep. Uh, that's why I wanted to include this, because this this ridiculous notion that guys learn by sitting on the bench, watching, not taking any first-team reps in practice. I don't know what it is they're, they're learning, how it is they're growing, how it is they're maturing, sitting on the bench, talking to the quarterback, between plays, I, I I don't understand that notion. It's like in baseball when you have a 27, 28 year old prospect comes up, and you know they're they're optimistic about it. No, he's, the guy's twenty eight years old and he's been playing in the minor since he was 21, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be any good. Yep. And if he is any good, then you fucked up by not bringing him in sooner. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. I don't know why you would run Ryan. Does do we not know? As Franny mentioned, do we not know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is? On all of the various teams, from Buffalo to to Miami to I mean, can't even, he's been on like eight or nine he's, different teams. He's, he's pretty much been, I think, on eight teams. I I, I think he might have played for the Jets as well at one point. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, he's he's played all over the league, and it's it's like it's it's he's like you know he he has those good games where he I mean he, he's throwing like four touchdowns in a game against yeah. the Eagles. I remember, um, not beat the Eagles, <laughs> didn't he? This okay, Ben. <laughs> Actually, well, you know, the the kicker also threw a touchdown in that game too, but <laughs> that's a whole different story. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, we we you know what to expect from Fitzpatrick. I mean, there's nobody else on that team that they should even really consider other than Tua Tagovailoa to start. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. throw him in there. I mean, and you kind of see what you have in that player because if you wait, if he sits behind the quarterback, and let's say he starts next year for some reason, and he's not that good, at least if you start him early enough, you know, you have like that sort of Arizona situation where they started Rosen. They saw that maybe this guy's not our future. The next draft, they go out and get Kyler Murray, and they're more confident in Kyler Murray. So That's you start the guy, point. see what you got, we we'll see what you have in him, and then you can move on. I mean, but I mean, and I know it, it's not true for everyone because there's a lot of busts out there. But Roethlisberger, Manning, Eli Manning, uh, Philip Rivers, Brett Favre, uh, uh, El- uh, Denver. I don't, John Elway. Oh, John. I mean, there are so I was thinking many, more recent quarterbacks. There are so many quarterbacks that started and struggled at the beginnings of their at the beginning of their career. Dan Marino, and went on to have great Brett Favre. Yeah, careers. But did you say Brett Favre too? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Yeah. I mean, he he wasn't you know spectacular because they learned. I mean, he was even not in Atlanta. You know, they learned <laughs> what not to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Favre had a fucking horrific year mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, you know, they 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 learn what not to do. They learn how to read defenses better. They learn how to communicate with their offense better. They learn the speed of the game better. Uh, and I, I think if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is your second choice, he's or a your great first backup. choice, he's a great backup, I, I can't imagine but, why you wouldn't. And you have yeah. you have five years with this guy. Yeah, especially in that division. You know, it, it's it's not a win-now mentality for Miami. It's, you know, we're still sort of rebuilding. They're, they're really, they did a good job this offseason building that team up. And why not have to uh, start with that, that core that you've sort of built? And again, with the rookie weight scale, I mean, you have four years with this guy before you have to negotiate a contract. Yep. Uh, potentially five years, but more likely four years before you have to negotiate a huge contract if the person turn if the quarterback turns out to be yep. a top quality player. And you're going to waste one of those years where you can buttress the rest of the team by putting money towards other positions. And you may have a top tier quarterback, and you're going to let that quarterback sit on the bench after, as Franny pointed out, all the moves that they made, especially on defense in the offseason. You're going to let this guy sit on the bench, not knowing what you have with him. And you start him two years from now when Fitzpatrick is 39, 40 years old or whatever it'll be. And he turns out not to be any good. Chris Sims has him like, I can't even remember, 37 or 38. Chris Sims released his top 40 quarterbacks in 
the NFL this week, which a lot of people pay attention to for some reason, uh-huh. <laughs> hasn't gotten to number one yet. He releases like five or six a day or five or six every other day. Uh-huh. So we'll talk about that next week. But he had two like way down uh, 37 or 38 or some some way down well, I mean, the list. Now, only because he is, uh, he's a rookie. We, we, we haven't seen him even step foot on the field just yet in the NFL. So we don't know what to expect from this guy. But he could go from 37 to, you know, 17. I mean, you know, he could be somewhere in the middle there. And, and if you have a guy that's even, you know, mediocre, half decent, a lot of these quarterbacks, if you have a good team around them before they sign their huge contract, that's when you win your Super Bowl. You know, once they sign their, once yeah. they sign their huge contract, there's not much money to go around. Yeah, Russell Wilson hasn't been back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Carson Wentz. I mean, obviously they had Nick Foles, but you know they had him on a on a on a rookie deal there. Yeah, uh, Brett Favre. I think he I might have still been on his rookie deal when he went to the first Super Bowl that they won. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers as well. I mean, you know when you know sorry Ben he did beat the Steelers, but I mean you know then he signed a huge contract. But and 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 also Matty Ice signed a huge contract, never went back. Um, so I mean you know take advantage of the small contract right now. Build up the team around him and see what you got. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even. I, I agree with Arians. I, I can't even fathom why you wouldn't start this guy if you're the Miami Dolphins. You know, if 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 the Steelers had drafted him, I get it. Why you're not going to start him over Roethlisberger? I understand why uh, the the Green Bay Packers are not going to start uh, Jalen Hurts. No, Jalen Hurts went to who's the guy that went to um, Green Bay. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah you're not going to start him though, over here. I can't Aaron even remember Rogers. his name now. Uh, but actually, there was, was it Love? Was it Love? Uh, Jordan Love. Yeah. Jordan Love. Yeah, there was a story about that. That uh, according to some AFC coaches this week, the reason they drafted him was to send a message to Aaron Rodgers that he's not running the team; they are running the team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know how you feel about Aaron Rodgers, but uh, and then again, I guess Rodgers said this week that he may not play in Green Bay the rest of his career. <laughs> so it's a soap opera. In Green Bay. Uh, next up, you know, we, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about that or this story this week. Uh, Callan Kaepernick may be coming back to the NFL. He has been without a team since 2017, but it wasn't without at least one, some interest from at least one club. Nick Shook of NFL.com is reporting. The, the Seattle Seahawks indicated they were interested in the quarterback services when he became available in 2017. Kaepernick had been in San Francisco for the duration of his career, which included a trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, but he became a free agent when he opted out of his contract after the 49ers, led by newly hired John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, made it clear he'd be released by the team if he didn't opt out. Uh, Kaepernick made a visit to the Seahawks during that offseason, and while it didn't produce a contract, the meeting in 2017 stuck in the mind of at least one franchise. Seattle Seahawks' Pete Carroll told reporters he got a call from another team for the first time Thursday regarding Kaepernick and asking why Seattle was interested in the single caller in 2017. So this week, Carroll said, someone is seriously interested, Carroll said, who declined to provide additional details about who was calling uh, but uh, someone is allegedly willing to pull the trigger mm-hmm. on Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. What say you? I mean, and rightfully so, Ben. I mean, me and you have been talking about this on the podcast since 2018. And why the hell has nobody signed this guy? You know, I mean, obviously, he's good enough to play in the league. He went to the Super Bowl. He took a team to the Super Bowl and was one reception away from winning that Super Bowl in the corner of the end zone. I forgot who he threw it to. 
uh, it went incomplete and they lost the game. But I mean, this guy definitely has the talent to play in this league. And it's unfortunate that he was he was blacklisted by the owners in this league. And that's not fair to him at all. Yeah, I mean, especially given what what, you know, the next person we're going to talk about on the agenda, uh, Antonio Brown, given the kind <laughs> of of class acts they allowed to play in this league for years and years and years. I, I think the time has finally mm-hmm. come. I mean, the time has passed. Yeah. Uh, but but I think he's got the talent. He clearly is better than anybody that the Steelers have at their at, at their backup, backup position. Yeah. And you know, I mean, there are so many teams. I mean, so many teams that need a decent backup quarterback, and I think Kaepernick could fill that role. Maybe even a starter for some teams out there. I mean, I haven't seen the guy play since since 2017, obviously. Um, but you know, what he did, it was it was it was a, a silent protest, and he did absolutely nothing. I mean, he, he to deserve this. Yeah, and this week you have Bill O'Brien coming out and saying that he'll kneel with his players if his players ask him to. You have. Roger Goodell issuing what is was sort of an apology uh, this past week as well. You have players all over the league uh, speaking out. And, you know, even Pete Carroll's excuse back in 2017 for not bringing him in was that they viewed him as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's why they didn't pick him up after the 2017 season, which is re- so you don't want a starter backing up your starter. You'd rather <laughs> have a shitty backup. Like even his excuse at the time made no sense. Like what Kaepernick's feelings are going to be hurt. Yeah, if you're the only team that's willing to bring him in, even that excuse made no sense. Uh, I think the time has finally come. I mean, it can't. It should have been a long time ago. But it, it, look at the backups, and we're going to talk about the backups around the league. And I think we should, as we go through those backup quarterbacks, think about how many of these guys Kaepernick is better than. Mm-hmm. And he's been without a job for you know for three years now. And I, I think it's time that that someone. You know, give him a call. I think Carroll intimated that it might have been somebody from the AFC that was interested in bringing him in, but it's nice to to hear. And I think it would go a long way for the league in terms of the relationship between the owners and the players to bring him back, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of crazy stuff being said by both sides. You know, the owners and the players this over the past couple weeks, uh, with former players coming out and saying some pretty ridiculous things. Either owners not saying the right thing or not saying anything and being criticized for it. I think it would go a long way towards, you know, getting that relationship to be a little bit better between the owners and the players if, if someone was, was to give him a, a decent contract. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a lot of money, but I think it's the time has come to bring him back. No, definitely. And I mean, you know, it, 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 and it's, it's terrible that it's taking, taking this, this long. long. You know, I mean, it should have happened right after, uh, you know, basically nobody picked him. I think 2018, at least somebody should have picked him up because, I mean, there are so many teams, so many uh, uh, quarterbacks in the league at that time that were not better than Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, but who did he play in that Super Bowl? He played, was that Rex? Oh, it was Baltimore. Yeah. That was Joe Flacco's one Super Bowl. Yeah, and then he signed a huge contract for some reason. (laughs) And I think he's out. I mean, I think he's out of the league this year. I don't think Flacco. I think somebody somebody picked him up. I think somebody picked him up. Actually, was it like the Jets or somebody picked Uh, him up? I think it was. What is? I think it might have been the Jets. Yeah, I think it might have been the Jets that picked up Joe Flacco. Yeah, poor Joe Flacco. Uh, But yeah, Kaepernick, it's time to come back. We have a friend, uh, a, a mutual friend that will be very happy if they can bring Kaepernick back into the league. Uh, but Antonio Brown is next up on the agenda because we have huh. not taken a shot. I know, yet. man. I know, and I have, and I brought 
the Evan Williams. Uh, why peach. did you do that? Because why you know this is sort that? of the punishment shot for the drinking game. Uh, you know, if you say anything negative, Ben, about Antonio Brown or any team in your division, you take a shot. If I say anything negative about a team in my division, I take a shot. If Sonia says anything about her team or negative about a team in her division, then she takes a shot, which has never happened. I think maybe once. No, uh, might have. Made a bit. I think she might have said something I think about she the Niners. Really pissed off about the Niners, and rightfully so. Or the Rams. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> one, one of those, but not Arizona. Probably, I'm sure. <laughs> It's not Arizona. Not Arizona. Uh, but Ben, I mean, you said or you claim that the Southern Comfort Lime as the punishment shot was worse than the Evan Williams peach. I disagree. If you say anything negative, which I, I'm sure you will about Antonio Brown right now, I'll have you uh, take a sip of this Evan Williams peach. Yeah, so Antonio Brown pleads pouring. no contest to his burglary and battery charges. A uh, former former NFL star Antonio Brown this past Friday changed his plea to no contest in the moving truck battery case from earlier this year. A judge sentenced Brown to two years of probation and ordered him to undergo a psychological evaluation. I'm not sure how many psychological evaluations this guy could be ordered to take. Uh, He's going to have everyone in the state of Florida on the payroll at the psychology position. I take a 13 week anger management course under probation. Brown can travel nationwide for work. The ex-dealer Raiders and Patriots wide receiver from Miami must also do 100 hours of community service and has been ordered to stay away from the two victims. Uh, He had faced charges of felony burglary and assault or battery, burglary of an occupied conveyance, and criminal mischief for the incident that took place at his Hollywood, Florida home in January. He previously pled not guilty. I won't go uh, into details about what his attorney said as an explanation, but it made literally no sense. Uh, and we also learned this week that Antonio Brown posted on his Twitter account uh, pictures of himself in the Steeler jersey, in the Raiders jersey, and in the Patriots jersey with uh, just one word, essentially four times is coming. In other words, the fourth team is coming. Uh, so he believes someone is going to pick him up pretty soon. Uh, Bruce Arians already put the kibosh on that. Russell Wilson is lobbying hard for the Seattle Seahawks to pick him up, uh, but I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. But he got off easy. Two years probation for a felony as well as 100 hours of community service. This guy, you know, I think I think the punishment is too light given what he's done over the course of his career. He's yeah. still got sexual battery charges or sexual assault charges pending. The league still hasn't investigated that allegation as well as all the other weird shit that he did with the person that he contracted with to do some painting or, or a yeah. mural or something at his house. <laughs> He's got a lot of weird shit going on. Uh, and this douchebag uh, got off again with essentially nothing. He's got to show up at a probation officer's, you know, desk or make phone calls to the probation officer who's probably going to be his best friend because he's Antonio Brown. So who doesn't want to have Antonio Brown on your, you know, on your list of probationers that you're keeping track of? You know, I just think he got off too easy. I think he should have served some time for this. These guys didn't do anything wrong. He essentially jumped into the truck and started pounding on these guys who had nothing to do with him, nothing to do with his ex-wife. You know, he were just there to do a job and he decided to assault these guys. I think he should have served some time for this, there shouldn't have been a suspended sentence or a probationary sentence. He should have served some time. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, <laughs> you can just punch people on the street and just get away with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much time, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, saying I'm a sure, lot of yeah, a month, I'm two sure, months, I'm sure, two I'm weeks. Sure, you know, he's, he's got 
some good lawyers uh, on his side, I'm sure. Um, you know, he's made plenty of money in the league. So, you know, when you, when you have good lawyers and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're famous, um, then, you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff, but, uh, you know, as far as coming back and, and, and playing in the league, I think, uh, the reason he's not going to be coming back anytime soon is because of the pending, uh, 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 was it the allegations or yeah, whatever. The assault. Yeah, that he's had. I mean, so so he's carrying a lot of baggage with him right now. So it's not really easy to bring him on board because you don't know if he'll actually be able to play. You know, I mean, <laughs> he, he might he might serve time for those other things. Um, so I mean, you know, you just I, I don't see him coming back anytime soon. But I'm yeah. sure you would take him right away, Ben, if he was. Well, I mean, to- the Steelers <laughs> can handle him, but I mean, uh, there's going to be a team that'll get that'll sign him if they can get him for you know two three million dollars a year with yeah. incentives. You know, yeah. maybe you know a million dollars with incentives. I, I there'd definitely be. A I don't team. know if he would even want to sign for that much. I mean, well, you know, I, well, he's he's he's, all, I mean, he's the best receiver ever, right? I mean, the incentive I, should be no problem. It, well, I, I think he. I mean, he's one of the best that I've ever seen play the game. I mean, he obviously, should be like, but, you know, fifteen hundred yards, no problem. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't be. You know, he is the best ever. Uh, but to post, did he even play a game with the Raiders? Nope. And he played what one game with I the think Patriots? It was one was it one one and a half? I think I don't it was, know if it was a, sort of it was injured or hobbled in one of the yeah, games. Was, I'm not sure. I think it was one full game. Yeah. But to post those uniforms as if you were actually members of those a member of those teams. Yeah. Well, he was Pittsburgh. Yeah, he mean yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you, you didn't play a single game with the Raiders. Yep. You almost punched out the general manager during a practice. You go to New England. You play a game. You catch a touchdown. And then the Patriots owner and Bill Belichick become aware of all of the shit that the sexual assault allegations that are coming down the road. They cut you mm-hmm. and you post those uniforms on Twitter as if you were a member of those franchises. He technically was. If I were, if he I were a Raider fan or a Patriots fan, I would be offended by him using those likenesses. He did practice with the Raiders. That is true. <laughs> and he burned his feet and or he froze his feet and then he punched, you know, wanted to punch Mick, Mike Mayock out. I'm just ready for a shot. All right, let's, uh, let's, know, let's do this. But yeah. I, I, I think someone will, if, if, if he's clear to play, if, if Roger Goodell is desperate to bring some eyes on the NFL this season because all the money's going to be coming from television, he can speed that investigation up and someone will pick him up. There's no doubt, given the, the, the NFL Owners are both hyper conservative in starting Ryan Fitzpatrick over to a Tagovailoa. Uh, they do that kind of shit all the time, but they're also willing to bring in anyone off the scrap heap if they think they can help them. If the person was once playing at a high level, so someone, unfortunately, it'll probably be the Seahawks will bring him in because Pete yeah. Carroll thinks he can Dennis Rodman him into into. Yeah, uh, I just don't know if the ownership would want. To bring him on board, uh, I Just, can't imagine. You know that that the daughter that you know that, that's running the team now. I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember anything tonight. The <laughs> the owner, the owner's name of the he passed away last year. The owner of the Seahawks. Yeah, I also forget. But his his daughter is now running the team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, or his wife is not running the team. But I I think if Pete Carroll can convince the ownership to bring him in, I think he thinks he can. He can save Antonio Brown from himself. Send him to Vegas for forty-eight hours, and he'll come back and beat <laughs> and beat the Pistons. I mean, I, you know, obviously the guy needs some sort of therapy if he does go out and 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 seek help, uh, which he definitely needs. Uh, you know, it, I, you know, I'm all for second chances. In I mean, he's had second and third and fourth chances. Uh, you know, he, he's done a lot of bad Ugh. things. Um, but you know, if if he, if he could turn himself around, he's 
I mean, I, I still think he'd be a, a very good receiver. Not, you know, what he used to be, but, you know, he, Seahawks do need help at that position. Well, they, I mean, they have pretty good receivers. Actually, I guess they just need more pass plays. Yeah, they just need, they just need you know, I don't know why Pete Carroll would, it's like it's like buying a car you're never going to drive. Yeah. All right, let's do this shot. I'll take a Antonio shot with Brown. you. I'll take a shot with you, Ben. Uh, Please this don't is come the back. Evan don't Williams back. Peach, uh, it's Ben. Gonna be, so it's going to be gross. Here we go. Cheers to you. Oh, it's better. It's better than the lime. No, it's not. It's got more bite than the lime. It's, yeah, got, a, that, it's, it's got a spirity sort of finish to it. I would say the Jim Beam peach is better than the Evan Wells peach. Oh, definitely. But that's better but than the lime. I think it's overly sweet. Uh, it's the Southern Too Comfort, sweet. the lime and the whiskey together. Something. See, I don't mind that. I'll take that one. I don't mind that. I'll oh, take the I'll, Evan Wells. They'll, they'll stay here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I, we did have a little bit of the Jim Beam apple left in there. Ah. Uh, and that, I didn't mind that, that was pretty one. gross. I we almost we yeah. polished that bottle off. That one I didn't mind. And I guess that's why the bottle is empty. Yeah. Or pretty damn close to empty. Uh, but Antonio Brown, please don't come back. Uh, watch please him come back, man, to the Steelers. don't come back. All right, next up, we have uniform power rankings. <laughs> uh, this week they did do, I think it was, was it the USA Today that did the uniform power rankings this week? And I started to read it, and I thought, you know what? This seems like a silly thing to cover. But then I saw who was number one in the power rankings, and I said, we have to cover this. So this is a ranking of the NFL uniforms going into the 2020 season. And who do you think was number one, Franny? The Chargers, Ben? The Chargers were number one. Can you believe? It's a nice jersey. They have a nice jersey. Number one? Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I like, the, I like that powder blue. I really like that blue color that they have on their jerseys. Powder blue. Look at it. Ugh. Look at that. The best in the league? I don't know about the best, but it's it's I like it. I've always liked the Chargers jerseys. Uh I I mean I'm not a big fan, never have been. I mean, I like the helmets, but I don't like the powder blue. And I I just I like a darker, more aggressive uh afraid to say this, but more masculine <laughs> uniform. And these I think that the uniforms in part are why the Chargers have not had as much success in the playoffs. Oh, as they it's could a, have. yeah. What they don't strike fear they in don't, the team. They don't strike fear. Play- <laughs> they do not strike fear. Into I think their that opponents. has more to do with the players than the actual jersey. Uh, they've but, had some good teams uh, along the. You I know, mean, they've, they've, they've had, had some, but they've they've come up against some very good teams. Even too. with Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow, they just yeah, in the early two thousands. You know, against the Colts, the Peyton Manning Colts, that was you know a little difficult. I would describe this uniform as cute. It's it's nice. It's a nice jersey. It's a solid. Very solid jersey. And look at that. They even have that dark blue. You were talking about a darker, more, you know, masculine jersey. They have that dark one. Look at that. That's yeah, their the alternate jersey. Not bad. That's dark not, not but bad. I, I prefer the blue, the All powder right. blue. Yes, because you like UCLA. That is also true. Coming <laughs> in at number two, the L- Las Vegas Raiders. That's coming it. in at number two. What it's do you weird think about to call that? Them the Las Vegas Raiders. It is. And they just uh, sold I mean, out their stadium for the 2020 season, even though no That's also play. not shocking. Uh, they have very passionate fans, but no, that's, I mean, they have a very classic jersey. It hasn't really changed in, you know, 40, 50 years, or I mean, however long they've been in the league. You know, the silver and black, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and I actually like the the Raiders jerseys, and I'm I'm impressed that they haven't made significant changes to it over the years, so I cannot argue with this. If it were, oh, I, I would see take, what's coming up next. I would take the Raiders over the Chargers. I would push the Chargers down into the 20s somewhere. But number three, coming in at number three, my 
Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think about the Steelers coming in at number three? Also another classic. Iconic. Another classic style. I mean, it, it's never, it hasn't changed in, in what, 50 years, 60 years? I don't think I they've mean, ever it, changed yeah, it. It's, it's always been. I mean, it's a little tweak to the little tweaks. Oh, yeah, the I mean, color, the, you know, it's, 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 it's more of a modern take on a classic style. But, uh, you know, I still like the black helmets with the logo on the one side of the helmet. You know, that doesn't go out of style. All right, coming in at number four. This one shocked me. The Not Seattle me. Seahawks coming mm-hmm. in at number four. I like them. I, I mean, like, pretty I like, new uniform by yeah. league standards. I also I prefer their new logo over the old sad Seahawks logo. Oh, the sad logo. The, 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 the more elongated. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where you know this Seahawk is a little more ferocious, yeah. and I do like their, they they started this whole modern trend. You know, it was the Seahawks that started the the neon sort of colors and the alternate sort of jerseys. Uh, so I, I, I agree with that. I, I, I like their new jersey style. Yeah, I mean, they've been able to pull it off. I mean, they borrowed it a little bit from from the Oregon Ducks, mm-hmm. uh, the Action Green. But I actually think that they are one of those teams that, that was able to pull off a more modern mm-hmm. style of uniform and still have it look really, really good. So I, I'm not going to argue with that one. Mm-hmm. Number five, I think, is ridiculous. The New Orleans Saints coming in at number five. So you don't have a problem. Don't really. I don't like gold in a uniform. So you don't I, have I don't problem like gold with silver and black, but gold. gold and black. God forbid. Gold. <laughs> I mean, gold has no place on a uniform at the college level or at the pro level. It just looks. What about Notre Dame? Cheesy. I mean, Notre Dame with their gold helmets. I mean, yeah. that talk about iconic. It's iconic, but I'm not, I never was a huge fan of the gold helmets at Notre Dame either. I just think that their Saints are. And you were the one talking about darker, you know, intimidating. Sort of, yeah. There's nothing intimidating about gold. But but they have that 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 you know that black jersey with the gold helmets. I think that's a pretty badass looking. Uh, All right. Yeah. Combination. So you, so you agree with with the Saints coming in at number five? I mean, I prefer the Eagles coming in at number one, but you know, well, they're they're coming up. Uh, number six, the Colts. You know, it hasn't changed much since the yeah, '60s. It's classic. You know, that's a. Yeah, yeah. Not much to say. It's a very simple uniform. Blue number seven. Here we go. Yeah, another classic style. Dallas Cowboys coming in at number seven. Do you yeah. support that? I mean, it hasn't changed much in, 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 in I mean, their entire history. I mean, it's always been the same colors. And, you know, the that, uh, the blue star, you know, it's it's also iconic. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, I don't find that. I don't find that the Dallas Cowboy uniform to be particularly interesting, but yeah, I know a lot kind of people like it's it. It's boring, but, you know, they have a lot of fans. So, I mean, they you know, they can do whatever they want with their jersey and it's going to come up high because they're, the know, they're trying to get more readers. Of course, they should put them at number one. It's definitely yeah. still better than the freaking Chargers. Chargers. Number eight, the Vikings. Purple, again, doesn't yeah. belong in the top ten. Well, purple, I'm a, I'm gold. A, I'm a Lakers fan, so you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at least, I'm a little but biased. They, but at least it, they brought those colors with them from Minnesota, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm a little biased. Uh, you know, when when uh, when you're talking about purple and gold, uh, or purple and 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 yellow in the in, in the Vikings case, but I don't I don't mind it. I like the little horns on the helmet. I mean, that's that's also a classic style. It is uh, doesn't belong in the top ten, but I w- I mean, but any of the uniforms in the NFC. Yeah, but I'm sure when we North. get to the bottom ten, you're gonna be like. I don't think those belong in this or that. I mean, you know, it, it's it's. Who else would you put at number eight? I want to hear your take. Uh, the I, Eagles would be higher. Well, the I mean, Giants they're, they're, would be higher. They're coming up next. The Eagles would be higher. The Giants would be higher. But uh, I think you're also a little biased too. I, I am. Yeah. I've the, the Niners would be higher. The Niners also, even though very they have classic. the gold, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, the Rams would be higher. 
The, 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 the traditional Rams uniform. I'm not a huge fan of the new one, higher. but we'll see when they come out on the field and see how they look in person. The Eagles coming in at number nine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think I they mean, should would, be higher. I would put them at number one. I would put <laughs> I would them. Put I personally them number one. would put them at number one. I love the wings on the helmet. Uh, you know, I also don't mind the midnight green too. I know, I know a lot of Eagles fans want to go back to that old. I think it was the Kelly green uh, uniforms, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I do like this midnight green. It, it is, it is uh, a little more aggressive than that green, and that green also looked a little too much like the Jets too. Uh, oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, watching you know with Jaworski and Cunningham, I mean, it did have. I mean, I think it fit the time period yeah. when they when they had those uniforms and they used those uniforms. I think it did fit the time period mm-hmm. that they played in, uh, and that's what I sort of grew up with with those you know Eagle fans in New York, you know, coming down from Philly to seeing them in Atlantic City. Um, you know, I I didn't mind those Kelly. Yeah, uniforms. well, I think the the wings on the helmet now look way better than they did you know back oh, then. Yeah. They were kind of stylized, you know, sort of wings. They didn't look exactly like wings. I mean, they could have been interpreted as horns, really. Um, but you know, I I I do like the the new style of uh, the helmets, and I also like their black jersey too. Their black oh, jersey, like the black but, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty badass looking. And jersey. they've been ripped off by high schools and colleges all over oh, the yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number ten, another ridiculous. Choice, yeah, the one, Tampa Bay Bucks nah, at number 10. Nah. The pewter. Mm, nah. I, I mean, I think it's an okay-looking uniform, but it doesn't interest me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I I'm not a big it. fan. I, I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of their, their popsicle orange, uh, you know. I think it's still better than this. Uh, no, I think this is better. This is an improvement, but I don't think it deserves to be at number 10. I think it should be farther down the list. Way down the list. Yeah. Number 11, the Kansas City Chiefs. Another mm-hmm. classic. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, 12, San Francisco. Yeah. 49ers should I be a little bit they, higher. They should have been definitely higher. But then again, any team that doesn't change, I'm going to want to rank higher. Mm-hmm. Chiefs as well. Packers, number 13. How do you put the Packers at number I, that, 13? That, that, yeah. They should, yeah. Be, they should be in the you top should, 10. You, you, Come you, on, you should man. Drop, you should definitely drop Tampa Bay down. Um not the Chargers, though, Ben. But uh, you know, <laughs> away from number one, at least. You know, Green Bay, though. I mean, how do you, you know, talk about a classic style? I mean, that that G hasn't changed, yeah, in ever. I so, think it's uh, ridiculous that 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 this I mean, Tampa, yeah, pass. Yeah, Chicago too. Yeah, I mean, Chicago. I mean, if you ask me, all the teams in the NFC North should be in the top ten. They haven't changed. They're all very classic styles. I'm not a great big fan of the the Vikings uniforms, but the Bears, uh, the Packers. I mean, they're they're just they're nice uniforms. Uh, coming in at number fifteen, the Bills. Buffalo Bills coming in at fifteen. I mean, I like the Bills uniforms. Yeah, I think they're not going to strike I, fear in anybody. I but, think they're a little boring. Uh, I, I, they're I, I, I think they they should probably change their logo just a little bit. They might. They might. Rams coming in at sixteen. That's ridiculous, especially the new ones. Look at these new uniforms. That's what what is that? Uh, this looks like a Dave and Buster's ad. <laughs> Or Best Buy, <laughs> yeah, like, or it could be Best Buy when too. When your when your Pop Warner team wants to play after the game, come to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Seventeen to Giants. That's ridiculous. Definitely should be in the top ten. Mm. I mean, when they went back to the classic logo away from the Giants, where they, yeah, they wrote, yeah, they wrote that, Giants yeah. on there with the, the NY on there is yeah. yeah, I like that much more. The Hostetler days. Uh, Patriots coming in at eighteen. That's that's surprising. I, I would expect them to be higher a little bit, especially with this new logo. I mean, when they had the the uh, the crouching patriot uh, those those were ugly uh, uniforms but these new ones are, are pretty decent they are but it's just really bland 
I mean, it's nothing, you know, just with the, yeah, with the navy pink, and the gray. It's, it's, it is pretty it's, bland. You know, red, white, and blue. It, it is <laughs> red, white, and gray. Yeah. Uh, Texans coming in at 19. Mm. Uh, I, could, I mean, Texans aren't great. I, I mean, I'd, I think they did, they did a good job with the logo. but Yeah, yeah but yeah. I mean, it's, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, we're in 19, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bengals coming in at 20. Shouldn't actually, they be you know at 31? I, no, actually. Or 32? I don't mind the Bengals. Oh, for fuck's sake. Really? <laughs> they're terrible with, uniforms. With the stripes and everything? I mean, they're oh, Bengals. Oh, God. That's terrible. That, it looks like something out of the are. XFL or the, or the yeah. you know, the Arena Football League. I mean, when they put the stripes on the jerseys down the leg. Yeah, that was a little weird. Uh, but on the helmet, though, the, the helmets, I think, look pretty cool. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the Bengals jerseys, but okay. Well, I don't blame. I mean, you're, they're, they're in your division, so, uh, you know. Here's a team that I would have put way higher, the Jets, coming in at 21. Yeah. I would have put them higher. I like, their new, new I, I like their new helmets. Their yeah. new helmets are nice. Uh, Detroit coming in at 22. Again, they should have been higher. Should have been higher. I really like. Every team in that division. I like their jersey, the gray with the blue. And, uh, I mean, their logo, you know, hasn't changed much. Um, you know, it's a little more stylized now, but it's it's. It's, yeah, it's I mean, a, it's nice I, I think, yeah. I mean, the Lions, it's a classic logo. They haven't won anything. You know, cut them a break. I mean, it's a nice uniform. I think they're holding their lack of wins against them <laughs> here. Uh, Dolphins coming in at 23. You probably love this because it's another, you know, Miami Vice uniform, just like the Chargers. I think it's fun. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, I'm going to pass on the Dolphins. Those uniforms are horrific. Uh, 24, the Falcons. Uh, I mean, I like the color scheme. You know, like the the black, the red, and the white. I I, I would I probably put them, them above some other teams. Yeah, definitely, definitely above Cincinnati. Yeah, Baltimore. I think they're in the, in the right spot. And yeah, twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't like their jerseys. The Broncos at twenty six behind the Ravens. I also like their color scheme. Yeah, I don't mind the yeah. I don't mind the Broncos yeah. uniforms. I mean, Manning looked really good in it. Uh, twenty seven. The Titans. I like their color scheme also. <laughs> yeah, because again. You know, Crockett and Tubbs will, you know, you're, you have an all Miami Vice team. You know, Miami, uh, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers, Tennessee Titans, Miami, you know, okay. Uh, number 28, the Browns. I think the Browns should be higher. Classic mm, uniform. Yeah, but not the new They've uniforms. always been so boring, though. Uh, but I mean, they have a classic look. Yeah, but I mean, it's until they, I mean, yeah, they it's did boring. do some dumb shit with the uniform, writing Browns down the, boring. the jersey. Agreed. Uh, Carolina Panthers at 29. I probably would have put them last with Cincinnati. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> you like again, Miami Vice. Crockett and Tubbs would be very proud of you. You got to get a sport coat, like a white sport coat, wear it over like a turquoise shirt with some white linen pants. Maybe I don't. I don't mind their logo. I don't mind the silver. I don't mind the blue. I like that. I mean, it's similar to what Detroit has. It is, and you're a huge Detroit fan. I mean, it's similar. Not okay. Yeah, I mean, the color scheme is similar. It's a little more feminine. All right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, 30, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree that's, with that. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, They should be down there. Cardinals at 31. I think they're actually too low. No, I think that's about right. I mean, I'd, I'd yeah, definitely I, put all of Ronnie's teams, you know, the, <laughs> the, the Dolphins. Our teams would be Bengals. reversed yeah. completely if we, had, if we had to rank them. But, of course, you know who comes in at number 32? Washington the Redskins. The Washington Redskins. You know, even though it's a good... I, I don't think you can argue... A, a separate and apart from the obvious issue with with indigenous people 
with the native peoples of the United States, it's a good looking uniform. I if you can get past the the, I mean, obviously you shouldn't get past the race. I mean, I was I was never really a big fan of that sort of burgundy sort of color scheme. I I, I never was. I I just never liked it. But they're definitely trying to shame them here by putting them at thirty two for yeah, sure. I I, just, I never liked it. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 if you can. I mean, if you can get past it, you shouldn't get past it. But I mean, I don't think it's a terrible uniform. Yeah, All well, right, Franny. I think you should you should uh, you know post that on uh, on Twitter. You know who would be the top you uniform? Know, ranked uniform, and you should like I don't know how many you can put on there. Can you put five or six or something? Uh, I think three or four three is or the four. most. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, we posted last week uh, mic'd up players versus fan noise, uh-huh. fake fan noise, and mic'd up players. Yep, won. yep, I saw that. All right. Yeah. Next up, we have the NFL quarterback or the backup quarterback rankings. I was just going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the backup quarterback rankings. All right. And we are back with the backup quarterback rankings. Yeah. I just, I mean, I thought this was an interesting thing to cover i mean you know what what the team's backup plans are for uh backup quarterbacks i mean especially you know coming off a week when there was some interest in colin kaepernick Uh, so we're going to do these from the worst team (laughs) to the best team who do you think is ranked by usa today as the worst backup quarterback situation in the league uh, let's see. Who do the Browns have? Case Keenum. Back. Yeah, he's okay. He's all right. Um, what about the Cardinals? What do they have? I uh, couldn't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't them. tell you. Is it them? <laughs> no, it is an interesting team. Thirty-two. The Seattle Seahawks. All right. Have undrafted that Anthony Gordon, uh, who took over for Gardner Minshew, is backing them up. I mean, they may bring Geno Smith in. But Geno Smith is not a particularly oh great... Gardner Minshew the second. Wait, oh, is it... sorry, is he the second or is there? Is, please tell me, there's it, not two Gardner Minshews it... in the league. Wait, I thought Gardner Minshew was still playing for uh, Jacksonville. No. Uh, also, it must be Gardner Minshew the second then. I don't know. A different Gardner Minshew playing lie. at Washington. That's, that's really that. That can't be right. Is there really two Gardner Minshews? Because one is plenty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one Gardner Minshew is plenty for the world to have to handle. Uh, but yeah, so you know that's who that's who's backing up. No, 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 wait, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. Wait, then what are they talking about? It said took, uh, took over. For oh, the, took oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. So he took over for Gardner Minshew the second at Washington State last season. Last season. Oh, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. I'm just looking at what you have right here. Oh, after Minshew came into yeah, league. Yeah, 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 all right, yeah. that makes sense now. So I mean, they're going to probably bring in uh, Geno Smith or someone else, but that's you know to have a rookie. Who played at Washington State is the only guy on your league. That's that's or only guy on your team. That is a risky proposition. When mm-hmm. you know, I know Russell Wilson is healthy, but God forbid something happens. Yeah, I mean, that's worse than the Steelers situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming in at thirty-one, Logan Woodside and rookie Cole McDonald backing up Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick definitely couldn't yeah. do better than these yeah. guys. <laughs> Definitely not. I, I mean, when you look at the when you look at the names of yeah, these guys, exactly. It is. I mean, it it is it is sad. He was too good. That's why it, we didn't yeah. want to sign him. Pete Carroll oh, said he was too man. good. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, if Ryan Tannehill gets injured, then I mean their season is basically over. 
I mean, if, if you're going to be looking at Logan Woodside or Cole McDonald, I have no idea who these guys are. It sounds like guys that are going to do like bourbon commercials or <laughs> something. They're like cowboy, like pseudonyms for cowboys. Uh, the Jack, oh, the Jaguars have Josh Dobbs, formerly of the Steelers, backing up uh, Gardner Minshew. I'm not sure which is worse, Josh Dobbs or Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I mean that that is, that is true, but I mean, I mean, how could I mean is Dobbs really worse than Mason Rudolph? I mean, if, Steelers if thought so. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that's pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean that's I mean I don't know if that's it's why true. at the bottom. That's I don't know why if it's at the true. Bottom. Uh, Bengals, Ryan Finley was horrendous last mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Andy Dalton is, you know, with Dalton gone, Finley may have the inside track, but Jake Dolly Gala is the number two guy. He's good. <laughs> but that's what I mean. I mean, this is like, this is like, I mean, if you want to, like, this is like, we're, if this were a civil case as to suing, uh, suing the NFL on Colin Kaepernick's behalf, we've I, already, we've already made our I, case. I, I can't even make, I, I, I can't make that name up, Dole Gala. Yeah. I, but I, I, I mean, I, this is, the, this is the, how, how, I don't have the most normal name, but I mean, Jesus. This is why when you listen to the interviews about why people didn't sign Colin Kaepernick, it, yeah, it just a, does, I mean, this it's really is, a travesty. It, I mean, it's, I look, mean at look at these guys. Look at these guys. I don't even who know. Who the fuck are these guys? Jake Dole Gala. I mean, it sounds like a basketball player that just got imported from Europe. <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> it probably is. The Rams. This is an interesting one. I actually don't, know, I don't agree with this. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree, agree with, with this it. one either. Uh, you know, what's wrong with Blake Bortles? I mean, I mean he, he was he a starter. He played for Jacksonville for crying out loud. He I mean, was in the AFC, AFC championship game. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, beat the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that I don't agree with at all. I mean, you know, I mean, Bortles has taken a lot of flack in the league, rightfully so. But I mean, he has he has starting experience in the league. He's not that great, but that's that's. I mean, Los Angeles Rams are in a better situation than rank that ranking at twenty eight. Yeah, I mean, you play with a garbage franchise for whatever it was five six yeah. years. Yeah, I don't think they should. I mean, he they deserve to be higher mm-hmm. on the list. I mean, I, I think Bortles is is better than any of the backups we've talked about so far. Yeah, better than Dolgala. <laughs> Sets up for three. <laughs> Uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, Sean Mannion, Jake Browning, and Nate Stanley displace Sean Mannion. I mean, that's pretty bad. That is pretty terrible. They're all definitely worse than Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Denver Broncos, Jeff Driscoll is backing up Drew Locke. I mean, Cam Newton is sitting out there right now also. I mean, I don't know how much money the guy wants, but I mean, I would pay... A pretty decent amount of money for him, even as a backup, so it's not Dole Gala. I mean, seriously, yeah. I, I I don't understand. You it. tell me he's not better than Gardner Minshew. Yeah, well, Gardner Minshew's uh, a starter. New York Jets. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. You, yeah. you, could, you could sign him, and yeah. keep, you know, Minshew's still yeah. on a rookie deal. Yeah. Uh, Jets zero oh, and three without Darnold's. They've got who do they have? James Morgan, David Fowles, or Mike White. Wait, All did, household names. But where did uh, Blacko go? Yeah, I'm not sure. We're going to get to him, though. I'm sure he's on this list somewhere. Let's see, Joe Flacco. He's probably number one. Probably whatever team it is that has Joe Flacco as the backup is probably ranked number one. Uh, But the Jets don't have anybody. Yeah, I mean, Uh, he he actually, wait, when was this uh, written? uh, May 6th. Oh, May 6th. I mean, he is playing for the Jets, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, I thought so, so too. Maybe maybe this was... uh, after or written before he actually signed with the Jets. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. 
Yeah, because I mean, he was with the Jets before that. I I, I thought so, but whatever. Um, but Arizona- in, in, in any case, though, I mean, if if you know Flacco is the backup, then you know they he obviously moves deserve way to be, up yeah, the list. Yeah. yeah, Arizona Cardinals journeyman Brett. Hunley mm-hmm. with his 67.6 career passer rating. Yep. Uh that's pretty bad. Uh, no, it's not. Six, I mean, I mean that's not I mean, well, actually, oh no, that's the pass that's the career passer rating. I was I was yeah. thinking as percentage. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's actually not that bad. That'd be but really good. As a career uh yeah, it's pretty terrible. And then you have the Buffalo Bills with rookie Jake Fromm, the fifth round pick, backing up. Josh Allen. I actually think the Bills should probably be a little bit higher on this. Yeah, so do I. I think so. You got two decent players. I mean, Fromm could be a, you know, they just, a lot of teams didn't need a quarterback, so he he dropped in a fifth round. Mm -hmm. Uh, Texans, they are sunk without Deshaun. They have A.J. McCarron backing him up, who won one playoff game for Cincinnati in 2015. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, who's backing up Tom Brady? Blaine Gabbert, who's still around. (laughs) I, I forgot he was still. I away. like Blaine Gabbert, <laughs> Ryan Grifford, who I'm not. I don't know anything about Ryan Griffith, uh, but Blaine Gabbert's backing up Tom Brady. Uh, Chase Daniel is backing up. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Stafford in Detroit. Detroit comes in at number twenty. I, you know, I, I think they might be. I mean, I think they should be a little bit higher than that. Just yeah, a I don't bit. mind Chase Daniel. He played pretty well for the uh, for the Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, he, uh, I mean, not great, but he, you know, he played pretty well in, in that playoff run or trying to get to the playoffs. Eli Manning is retired. Daniel Jones has Colt McCoy backing him up. They should probably be lower on the list. Yeah, I mean Colt McCoy. I mean, he hasn't really done anything in Except the league get hurt. so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that ranking. Steelers at eighteen. Yeah, I agree with that. This should be <laughs> way lower. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. I mean, we, that's we no different saw, than that's no different than the name I just forgot. The one that we uh, we saw uh, last year how good both those backups were for Ben Roethlisberger, and I mean both. I mean they had, they had flashes in the games that they played, but for long term success, neither of those guys are good for yeah, Pittsburgh. They should be in the bottom ten for sure. Matt Schaub in Atlanta. Yeah. I like Matt Schaub. I don't mind that. I don't have any issue with yeah. Matt Schaub. I think the Atlanta Falcons should probably be higher on yep. this list. Uh, Panthers have P.J. Walker. Hey, they bang. should definitely. I love P.J. Yeah, Walker. I know. I know. Uh, You're I mean, a big I think, fan of P.J. I think Walker. If, I think if Teddy Bridgewater goes down and P.J. and P.J. Walker comes in or Bridgewater plays poorly, I think you may see some really good stuff out of P.J. I, Walker. I, actually, I would be excited to see what he, how he would perform in the NFL because for the XFL he was, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in that league, and rightfully so. He made it to the NFL. Um, I, I would be excited to watch him play. Yeah, and it's not just me. Andrew Luck thinks, you know, the world of this guy, and I think Bridgewater. We'll see. Uh, the Green Bay Packers. I think this, is, this is stupid. With Jordan Love, <laughs> we don't even know. Up. I mean, we don't even know what this guy brings. I mean, you know, he, he was he was drafted in the first round, but that doesn't you know make him middle of the pack uh, just because. You know, he was in the first round. I mean, we don't know what to expect from this guy. No pun intended. Middle of the pack. <laughs> uh, I Well, I mean, compared to, uh, let's see, compared to, what was this guy's name? Dolagala? Uh, Jake <laughs> Dolagala? I don't know. I, I might. Yeah, I, I well, might, maybe, yeah. But I, I mean, might go with, uh, I might go with Jordan Love here. Or Matt Schaub. Yeah, draw no, I, think, I think Green Bay should be. Uh, lower and by lower I mean closer to thirty-two. I mean than yeah. they are to, I mean, even to one. PJ Walker has more experience yeah. against guys that are close, you know, to NFL level. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm not sure why they got the maybe because of the Packers. Yeah. 
Uh, the Chiefs. I mean, I th- actually think the Chiefs, given how Matt Moore played. I mean, with the when, coach when he was out last yeah. year, when when Mahomes missed those games, mm-hmm. Moore was. I think they were undefeated when Moore played last year. I can't remember. Exactly. I, don't I don't think, think they, they lost a game. I or think maybe they, they lost one close game. But I mean, but he played really, really well mm-hmm. last year for the for the Chiefs. I think they should probably be a little bit higher if RG three is the next quarterback above yeah. Matt Moore. Uh, RG three who has proven literally nothing in this league since his rookie season. Uh, the Ravens coming in at number thirteen. I I think that they should be way lower down this list. No, I'm no not sure the love for RG three. I think here. a few rungs lower, but not all the way down. Not all the way, but RG three. Yeah, I mean he's. He, I mean he's a gadget. He's. I mean he's a gadget quarterback. I mean he had that nice run for Washington, but I I, I wouldn't put him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, uh, looks like Jordan Tayamu, uh, who I also liked from the XFL, is with yep. the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So the Steelers again couldn't pick up the two best quarterbacks in the XFL for league minimum. Thank you, Kevin Colbert. Uh, coming in at number 12, Philadelphia Eagles with Nate the Snake Sudfeld. <laughs> Is that what they call him uh, now? That's what I'm calling him <laughs> because you know he's going to play next year. Oh, shut up, man. <laughs> you know he's going <laughs> to play. That took a second to calculate, but shut up. You know uh, he's going to play next I don't year. Know. I, mean, I, I would think that Jalen Hurts would play ahead of him. I mean, if you're going to go out and, and, and take Jalen Hurts in the second round, uh, then you, you know, think Peterson I, would I, do that I, 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 for I a two or three game stretch? I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you know, they, they threw Wentz in as the starter, even though he wasn't expected to be the starter in his rookie season. Uh, I could definitely see Jalen Hurts playing ahead of Nate Sudfeld if anything does happen to Carson Wentz. All right, which... then I'm going to put the hammer down right here. <laughs> this is the wager. Accept it or don't accept it. Uh, I don't know what we will be drinking during the regular season in terms of our shots, but I would wager this is how confident I am that Carson Wentz is going to do four consecutive shots of whatever that is. Four. <laughs> Dang, that's a lot. That's consecutive shots. I am betting that if Carson Wentz goes down for less than the entire season, you know, for a short stretch, three to say three to five games or one to five games, that Nate Sudfeld is the starter in at least the first two of those games. For sure. Hmm. Four consecutive shots on the show. All right. Do you accept that? Bet? All right. So when Carson Wentz goes down, that's what's going to happen. I just I just can't imagine him throwing Jalen Hurts out there. Uh, number 11, I, I can the see New it. England Patriots. Jared Stidham is the starter, but the backup is Brian Hoyer. So I don't know if, I mean, it looks like Stidham is going to start. Uh, He was practicing with the team again this week. So it looks like all signs point to Stidham. Uh, But Brian Hoyer is actually not a bad backup. No, no, definitely. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty good ranking for uh, New England. I mean, he does have starter experience in the league. So yeah, I don't don't disagree with that. The Niners at number 10 with C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. I actually like Nick Mullins in that, I think it was two years ago, he had to come in and play. Well, Beathard also played... uh, Pretty well, yeah. I mean, well, not pretty well, but he, 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 he was okay. I mean, it, I, wait, they went five and eleven. Uh, oh, that they season went five I was, and eleven. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, shows you how good my memory is. So maybe they should be a little lower on the list. <laughs> uh, coming in at number nine, the Washington Redskins, Kyle Allen. What do you think? Yeah, you think it? Sure, you think they belong there? Okay. 
Number eight, Chicago Bears. Should be number one. Nick Should Foles. be number one with a, with a Super Bowl MVP as their backup. They should be number one. That is a this, little weird. I mean, wait till you see who's, who's ahead of Nick Foles, but he is a Super Bowl Whoever Whoever made this winning. ranking is a moron if Nick Foles... The hero in Philadelphia is number eight know, and not right. number one. And he came in when he played one or two games for Jacksonville before he got hurt. Yeah, he was actually not that good and, for Jacksonville. And, but, but it was, it is, first of all, it is the Jags. Let's, <laughs> let's not forget it was the Jags. And he got hurt. So I agree with Franny. This should be way, way, way higher up. I was just kidding. I actually, <laughs> you know, seeing how Nick Foles has played his entire career, he did, he did have a great run with the Eagles. Um, but you know, I'd probably put him in the top five. But he has just the because, he has the experience. Just because of what he's accomplished. Oh, here we go. The Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert as the starter, but Easton Stick could find himself relegated to the I, practice squad. How, what? How are they that high? Former North Dakota State star Easton Stick could find himself relegated to the practice squad. Huh. Okay. Oh no. So Justin Herbert is. Oh, is they're, the they're considering. I mean, what we talked about this on the podcast weeks back, where we expected Justin Herbert to be the starter. He will be the starter, and would agree that he should be the starter. But if he was the backup, I mean, he he has you know he hasn't played a game in the league, so we don't actually you know. Yeah, same know thing goes to, with Jordan Love. I mean, same yeah, the uh, same theoretical yeah, exactly. So I guess they think Justin Herbert is that much I, better than Jordan Love. I guess. Oh, the Raiders with Marcus Mariota coming in at number six. Well, I mean, he's as good as their starter. Yeah, but he's a <laughs> so, garbage quarterback. Yeah, but he does have a lot of experience in the league. Uh, he's not was, a garbage. You can't call him a garbage quarterback. Uh, Mariota he's not garbage is a garbage quarterback. Quarterback. He's I mean, he garbage. Has, he's 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 been in the playoffs. He's he, won a game in the playoffs. Um, but you know, he's he's. He, I I I don't disagree with that. All right. I I would definitely put them way lower. Uh, Case Keenum, as you mentioned earlier, Cleveland Browns. Also, Case Keenum backing up as good as their starter Baker Mayfield. I What's mean, uh, I mean, he's pretty much as good as Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I don't I, disagree. Yeah, I uh, mean, he went to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and I like Case Keenum. I mean, he's you know he's got an awkward sort of style. He's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can't you can't ride him for eighteen games in a season, but you can definitely ride him for six or seven games if if you need to. Uh, number four, the Indianapolis Colts with Hall of Fame caliber starter. That's how they describe him. Hall of Fame caliber starter Philip Rivers. Uh Jacoby Brissett is backing him up. Yeah. I think that's that, that's that, a that's, fair that's very agreeable. That's I, fair. I can I can I yeah, I can see that. I mean I mean man, Brissett had a pretty good a yeah. pretty decent season last last year. So Miami Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa. Who should be the, be the starter. starter. Uh but his the backup, you put him at number three. I wouldn't rank Tua as the number Three backup quarterback in the league. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, but I mean, let's say he starts, and then Fitzpatrick is your backup, and you put him way. I don't still don't put him at number three. Fitzpatrick has. I mean, he's played well in the league. He has, times. but ugh. the Cowboys with Andy Dalton backing up your Dakota Prescott. <laughs> what do you say about that coming in at number two? He might actually be the starter. I mean, you never know. I mean, if. if if things go south and the drama continues in Dallas, which all indicates, I mean, we didn't it, talk about it, it this week, it, but it, again, it might happen. It might happen where Dak Prescott does not step onto the football field because he hasn't signed a huge forty million dollar contract, which he is not worth at all. Do I need to take a shot? Yeah, you do need to take a shot. You're bad mouthing the I Cowboys can, and mean, Dak Prescott. Basically, the Cowboys have two starters on their team. 
Dak Prescott obviously is a starter in the in, in this league, but Dalton, uh, you know, you I love feel, Andy yeah, Dalton. I, 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 he's on your Mount Rushmore. I, I mean, no, he's not on my. <laughs> he is Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, Alex I, I mean, Smith. He played. You have the Mount played, Rushmore of mediocre I mean, he, white quarterbacks. He's played. <laughs> he's played for a terrible organization. For I mean. For how many years? And and they found some success uh, nine years with Dalton. Take. I mean, they were in the playoffs. They had good records with Andy Dalton. So if Andy Dalton is the starter or Dak Prescott is the starter, Dallas will find success with either one of those players. But you definitely need to take a shot for your bad-mouthing Dakota Prescott. I'll do a half a shot Actually, with you. Actually, no, I'm going to say, should we, should we do the lime? Let's yeah, do the we lime. can do Let's the lime. I'll do a half a, a, half a I'm shot. I'm going to do a half. Because I, 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 I said something half bad. Not, yeah, not, but your facial expression was very negative. <laughs> and number one... Jameis Winston backing up Drew, not going to finish out the season breeze at number one. I think that's an actual, I mean, isn't that a little bit ridiculous? I mean, I know they got Taysom Hill there, but he's not a quarterback. No, he's, he's, um, he's a gadget he's, guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's more of a running. I mean, if he, if he starts, he'll be on your Mount Rushmore, I'm sure. But, but nah, right now, he's, 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 he could be a decent running back in the league. But sure. 30 interceptions but and Taysom I mean, Hill? I mean, Jameis Winston did throw for five thousand yards, over five thousand yards last season. I mean, I know he did. I knew, he threw, I knew he threw. I know that, but I mean, he he has some impressive numbers, and he missed the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater filled in very admirably. I think he is a better backup than Jameis Winston. Um, uh, but if you paid, if you play to Jameis's strengths, then I, I I think you know, New Orleans basically has two starters on their team. Yeah, I mean, well, you're going to find out this year because Breeze is going to get hurt. Uh, oh, well, or he's you, going to be benched at some point between the beginning of the season and the eighth game. Here we go. Cheers. Here's a shot. What is this one? The the lime? This is the lime. Mm. Ah. Disgusting. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think Breeze is going to finish out the season. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really interested to see what will happen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. Number one through 32 of the backup quarterbacks. And how the fuck is Colin Kaepernick not in the league? You look at these names. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I wanted to do this this week. Not in the league. It is embarrassing. I uh, mean, it is sad and it is a travesty. I mean, and you don't even have to go to the, to the like 32, 31, 15. You can, I, mean, I mean, I mean, Blake Bortles. I mean, he could start for, uh, Jake Browning. No, but he could start for Jacksonville yeah. tomorrow. Who the fuck does Jacksonville have? They have absolutely nobody. Brett Ripien, Riley Neal. Let me look at these names. Uh, Geno Smith, Jake Fromm, you know, rookie. Uh, AJ McCarron. I mean, look at the names on this list that mm-hmm. are not Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Daniel. Yeah, he's still I mean, he... better than Chase Daniel. Uh, Colt McCoy, who has, you know, who can't walk across the street without getting hurt. <laughs> You know, Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, yeah, yeah. Matt Schaub at 38 years old, PJ Walker, who I like. But I mean, but he, you look at you look at what you know Josh McCown did for the Eagles at his age and what he brought to the team. I think that's what Schaub sort of brings to that team. So I don't disagree with Schaub being a backup quarterback. Robin Griffin, the th- RG three. Oh yeah, I, I mean, mean look I mean, at these I mean, names. Yeah, I mean, you look at these names and it and 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 it is embarrassing that um, Nick Mullins. That, that Colin Kaepernick is not playing in the league ahead of any of these guys, most the majority of these guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Thurston Gold Podcast supports someone signing Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> you know, post haste. Since our first episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Next up, we have a little bit of Super Bowl odds we wanted to talk about. 
or just odds for the betting corner that will be coming up in a couple months. Uh, so we're going to go through some of the the odds for teams to win the Super Bowl or make the playoffs, at least some of the interesting ones. Uh, so we'll go through the AFC East really quick. Uh, the odds to win the AFC, the Patriots are nine to one. That one jumped out at me. I mean that 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 tells me that the, the Vegas odds makers are not so high on the Patriots. They're plus one forty to win the division. They're not even mm-hmm. uh, favored to win the division this year. Twenty, 20 with the over under being eight point five. Twenty to one to win the Super Bowl is actually kind of high for for them. Yeah, I I think that's that's quite high for the Patriots. You think? I think so. I mean, I think Buffalo is a better team. Interesting. At twenty eight to one, I think they should be. I mean, I, I, Buffalo, in my opinion, is 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 a you know better team better, than, better than, the team than, than the so Patriots. The Patriots are getting a little bit of love. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Buffalo Bills twenty eight to one to win the Super Bowl division. The odds to win the AFC twelve to one the division. Even money. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think uh, it'll be Bills, Patriots, Jets, Dolphins in that division next year. That's pretty. Know, that's know, a pretty bold statement. I love I, the Bills, but they are the Bills. Yeah, but I mean, they have, they have a good defense. I mean, they have a good defense. They've had success the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, the Jets, I, ju- I just... 50 to 1. I, that I might mean, be a little low. I, 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 I don't <laughs> like their coach. I mean, you know, Adam Gase yeah, is still I the I coach there. I love my Jets. I, I don't... But... Yeah, I mean, with Adam Gase, I, I, I think 50 to 1 might be too generous. You know, uh, given given the coaching staff that they've mm-hmm. got over there. Uh, the Dolphins, 100 to 1. Mm-hmm. That might not be a bad bet. I mean, if two is great, <laughs> who the hell knows? I mean, it's a, I mean, but that's for the money. You know, the the proposition of the yeah, money. I mean, it's a good way to lose money. You love you love those. You know, the the bet a little, win a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't bet on that. You bet fifty bucks I, there. I, I would not bet that. Eh, Tua. <laughs> Maybe Chris Sims is wrong. Ravens are only eight to one to win the Super Bowl. That's a terrible bet. Mm-hmm. Steelers twenty eight to one. Mm-hmm. I think the Steelers. With Roethlisberger coming back, that might be a little bit of an insult. We'll, we'll, we'll see if how healthy he can stay this season. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm sure if if are you getting back at my Wentz comments? I, I'm sure. No, no, I'm sure if if he remains healthy through you know halfway through the season, those odds will definitely change. If you know they find some success, but if he stays healthy, that's going to go from twenty eight to one to you know maybe fifteen to one. Yeah, and the Browns forty to one. No, the Dolphins are hundred to one. The Browns are forty to one. What did the Browns do last year that proved to anyone that they deserve mm-hmm. to be forty to one to win true, the Super Bowl? True. Bengals a hundred to one. Uh, I would say a thousand to one, but yeah, yeah, I mean you can make that fifty thousand yeah. to one. <laughs> uh, Colts thirty to one. Eh, Philip Rivers. I, I I think the Titans are still a better team in that division. Titans are also and they're thirty, 30 to one, but I, I would say one. they're a little bit better, just a little bit. Texans fifty to one. That's a little tasty. That is actually yeah. That is, yeah. That's a little tasty. Yeah. Jacksonville Jags, 125 to 1. Mm-hmm. Still too generous. Oh, Kansas City, 4 to 1. Don't waste your money. They have, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they repeat this year. I wouldn't either. You, you, got, you need better odds than that. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 4 to 1 is, yeah. You're uh, not going to win anything unless you put a ton of money down on that. Yeah. And people do. I mean, people put a lot, you know. People, yeah, I think that. Next one is very generous. The Vegas, oh, the Vegas Raiders, thirty to one. Thirty to one. Derek Carr was rated the top or in the top three quarterbacks under pressure last year. Nope, not rated. You're not buying it. Nope. 
What about the your Chargers nope, at forty five to one? Nice jerseys, but yeah, forty five to one is still generous for them. Broncos fifty to one. That seems that seems kind of that seems tasty. I mean, you know, ten bucks. Yeah. I mean, Drew Locke could have a great year. I mean, eventually John Elway is going to prove he's not a complete incompetent. Uh, oh, here we go. NFC East. Here we go. Dallas Cowboys 11 to 1. God, does the Dallas Cowboy brand know no bounds? They yeah, can't win more than eight games, but somehow they're 11 to 1. And it seems like every, every year, you know, they're expected uh, to win the Super Bowl, but it, you know, it doesn't happen. But 11 to 1 is, yeah, 11 to way 1 is that's, too that's, generous. Yeah, it is way, 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 way too generous. I mean, it couldn't beat. You know, the, the Eagles last year to make the playoffs and the Eagles had injuries at virtually every position on mm-hmm. the field. Mm-hmm. Eagles 22 to one, double the Cowboys. That's an insult. I, I don't, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It Better really quarterback. It, it, I mean, it what, really doesn't. I mean, other than the running back position in the offensive line, debatably, I mean, debatably. We'll, we'll see how the wide receiver core where, pans out. Yeah. But where, where on the Cowboys roster are they better than the Eagles? Right now, I mean, think about it. Where? Right now, when just when you look at the wide receivers, I think maybe they're slightly better than the Eagles. Um, you got a rookie wide receiver coming in, and we'll see how he plays. But even so, I mean, other than other than Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. who I mean, where where are the Cowboys better? And I don't even believe that they're yeah. better at, with Cooper. Where are the Cowboys better than the Eagles? Yeah, I'm not really not sure better if in the I'm secondary. Not sure if their offensive line is any better. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. A little bit of an insult. Yeah, sixty to one. The Giants. Eh, I think that's probably fair. The Washington Redskins, one hundred and fifty to one with Ron Rivera. Yeah, I, I think that's a little too. I, I think they they should be around one hundred to one. Yeah, I mean that's that's a. I mean so far that's the highest odds, and, yep, and they yep. do have Ron Rivera. They do have uh, a decent coaching staff that they brought in there. I think that's a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit insulting. Uh, Green Bay, sixteen to one. Your Aaron <laughs> Rodgers Packers. At sixteen to one, hey, when you got Aaron Rodgers, there's always a chance. I guess a sixteen to one chance. I, I, yeah, but he's going to prove it this year. He's going to say, "How dare you draft a backup quarterback when I need a receiver?" The Chicago Bears twenty-five to one See, I don't should understand. be way higher. That should be fifty, sixty yeah. to one. Exactly, it should be. I mean, and that should be reversed because the next thing we're going to talk about is the Vikings at thirty to one, and the Chicago, Chicago well, they should be Bears one to one, right? Ooh, With Kirk Cousins, yeah, yeah, they should be one to one, two to one. So thirty to one, I I would say that should be reversed. Vikings twenty five to one, and and then uh, the Bears probably fifty to one. Yeah, that I don't I don't, I actually don't understand the Chicago yeah, Bears twenty five to one sense. unless they assume that Nick Foles is going to start. Uh, Lions sixty to one. I think that's tasty. Yeah, it's going to happen with eventually with Matt Stafford on that team. You just never know. Oh, here we go. NFC South, New Orleans Saints fourteen to one. I mean, I know you love Drew Brees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have Michael Thomas, decent running game, very good running game. In fact, well, if decent if, receivers, you know, if, if Drew Brees can stay healthy the entire season, then the Saints definitely have a good chance. You can't even get through the offseason uh, <laughs> without embarrassing himself. But that's gonna be a tough division. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough just to get through that division to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, so that's, that's why I think getting through there healthy. Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers at seven. How do you have the Buccaneers worse odds to get to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady? Mike Evans, uh, what's the other guy's name? The other receiver on the other side of him. Godwin. Godwin. Was a good tight one. ends. Gronkowski coming back. Solid defense. Improved offensive line. I think the Buccaneers should definitely 
have uh, better odds mm-hmm. or worse odds, I should say, than the Saints. The Panthers at fifty to one. That doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't make any sense that Atlanta is fifty-five to one. How is Atlanta a worse team than the Carolina Panthers right now? Carolina Panthers have Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but we got Matty Ice too. Uh, he's also on your on your <laughs> on your Mount Rushmore of mediocre no, quarterbacks. I, I, he's not <laughs> mediocre. Come on, it's not. He's better than mediocre Ben. Uh, and, maybe and te- I, I wonder if I could. Could you do that? Can I go to like? Uh, can I go to next? Etsy, can I go to Etsy next. and have like someone create a Mount Rushmore for me with like Alex Smith, Matt Ryan, uh, and all these guys Let's that move you down. love? Let's move down the and list. Put here. Nick Foles up there. Let's go. Oh, Keep it moving. <laughs> Forty nine or seven to one. Yeah, I th- I, there, there's still going to be a dangerous team next year. Seattle Seahawks, 14 to 1. Pretty interesting, but, you know, they, they're they always good. Yeah, that's, that's, but I think I, I would probably put Seattle and San Francisco a little bit closer to each other. Rams at 25 to 1. I think that's a ridiculous. I think that yeah. should be about 50 to 60 to uh, 1. 30 to 1. Uh, I mean, unless golf improves significantly over last year and they somehow get their salary cap situation. Straightened out. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that one. And the Cardinals at fifty to one. I'd say about seventy to one. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're. We'll see. We'll see how they do this season. They were right. All they're getting right. Better. I did have one more story I wanted to touch on really, really quick. I left it off the agenda earlier. Uh, there is some talk about the salary cap being reduced by 30 to 80 million dollars next year, given the revenue shortfalls that will happen as a consequence of not having fans in the stands. Uh, I think that this is the, the owners posturing against the players. I can't imagine that the NFL is going to let one year of, you know, revenue shortfalls result in a 50 or 80 million dollar reduction in the salary yeah. cap next year which would completely upset the entire system all sorts of players that make shit tons of money will be either out of work or playing on franchise tags or really not even on a team because they won't be able to be signed and player salaries will be reduced by a significant amount of money do you see uh Roger Goodell in the league you know, holding true to their threat to reduce the salary cap next year by somewhere between thirty and eighty million dollars because of the revenue shortfall. No, I mean that 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 is complete BS in 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 my opinion. I mean, the the, the league makes how much money every single year? The owners make tons of money. I mean, it it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just this, this is just that's just greed. Yeah, that's and, all. And it I is. think they're threatening, uh, and the players association is is threatening as well. I think this is a lot of posturing. I can't imagine that given this ridiculous situation that's going on with COVID-19 and the pandemic that the league is going to allow the the salary cap to be reduced by potentially almost half to a third mm-hmm. one year and yeah. upset the entire salary structure for the entire league and upset the, upset the players, upset the players association, upset the fans. I, I just can't see it. Yeah. No. And you have negotiated contracts. I mean, Russell Wilson, I mean, 30, I mean, if, if they reduce the salary cap to $135 million mm-hmm. from $198 million this year, Russell Wilson all of a sudden is making a third of your salary. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. I don't. I don't. I. I. I it should not happen. I don't see it happen, but it sh- definitely should not happen because the owners are going to make money regardless. You know, why take it out of the players' pockets? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense. But the players' association is going to push back, push back, push back. Uh, but I just don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Ronnie, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is a shout out 
to our new and loyal listeners. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much to our loyal listeners that have been with us for so, so long. We truly appreciate you and we can see you in our statistics. So we know you're listening every week. So thank you all so, so much. And also a quick shout out to all of our new listeners. We truly appreciate you and we will do everything we can to keep you around. Uh, Please, please, please stick with us. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening this week, please consider heading over to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. We're just going to give you a quick homework assignment this week. Please, if you like the show and you listen to the show this week before next Saturday, please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person. Tell them about the show. Get them to listen to it. Get them to subscribe in their podcatcher. Please do that for us. We truly, truly appreciate all of you, our loyal listeners, as well as our new listeners. Thank you all so much. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. We have our promo for our fellow podcaster out there. All right. We'll be right back with our promo for our independent podcasters out there. All right. We are back with a promo for a fellow independent podcaster out there. Uh, we do this for the love of the game, for the love of football, not to get famous or make a lot of money. We just love what we do. So we'll be right back with a quick promo for the New York Jets fans podcast. Check out NY Jets fans podcast for all your weekly Jets and NFL news, game previews, and reviews for all Jets games. Join hosts Davin, Sharman, and Chris weekly for all things Jets, NFL, and some laughs also. Find us everywhere you get your podcasts. NY Jets Fans Podcast, where Jets and NFL fans come for all things football. All right, folks, that is the New York Jets Fans Podcast. This is with hosts Davin, Chris, and Charmin. They talk all the updates to the New York Jets as well as the NFL. They are not afraid to share their opinions. These guys are knowledgeable, fun, and they don't hold back. You can find them at the link in the show notes on Apple Podcasts and all your podcatchers, and you can get them on Twitter at Jets Fans podcast Friday, what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben is our tag team news our thurston goal news ben your steelers news my eagles news and sonya's seahawks news all right where would you like to start let's start with your steelers ben yeah this was an interesting little bit of news this week and i you know i'm i'm open open <laughs> to opinions that are not consistent with my own. So I thought I would share one this week. Uh, Heading into the Steelers training camp, most fans knew very little about Devlin Duck Hodges due due to him being an undrafted rookie out of Samford. Typically the Steelers' fourth 
quarterback, sees little action, looks anemic, and ends up being a roster cut when all is said and done. But Hodges proved to be different, though, making some impressive plays in practice as well as during preseason games, eventually becoming a very hot sleeper for the 53-man roster. Alas, he didn't make the initial roster, but after Josh Dobbs went down to the Jags via trade, Hodges was called back up to the team, and Ben Roethlisberger went into, went onto IR after week two, and Hodges was suddenly thrust into the backup role. Already more than most Steelers fans probably expected, Hodges was suddenly one snap away from seeing the field. That one snap occurred in week five when Mason Rudolph was knocked out of the game after a nasty hit from the Cincinnati Bengals. While he didn't play or he didn't pull the team to victory. He looked sharp in his first professional action, earned the start the following week against the Chargers, and recorded his first ever win as an NFL starter. Unfortunately, the rest of his rookie campaign did not go as planned. The fact of the matter is, going from college to game to the pros as a quarterback is very difficult, and a sloppy throw in college may have turned into a positive play for the team, but in the NFL, it can lead to turnovers and opposition point. Uh, reads need to be clear and passes need to be more accurate or else you won't be a starter for long. Take Peyton Manning, for example. His rookie season was bad, tossing 28 interceptions to 26 TDs. He turned that around in his career, but it wasn't, but he was slow coming out of the gate. Even Roethlisberger wasn't putting up his usual stats in his rookie season and rookie transition period. That didn't change for those quarterbacks. Uh, the writer of this article uh, essentially is arguing that Devlin Hodges is better than I think, and we should give him more time to develop because other quarterbacks showed the same type of promise and had little downturns after minor successes at the beginning of their careers. But this was in the Trib Live out of Pittsburgh, and they think Hodges should get another chance to back up Ben Roethlisberger and should get the start if Roethlisberger goes down. What say you, Franny? You know, I, I, I sort of agree with that. You know, I, I think he showed a little more promise than Mason Rudolph. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking at the stats. I'm just looking at the way he played and how comfortable he seemed in the pocket. I mean, he seemed to to, uh, to take more chances and throw the ball downfield more. It seems like Mason Rudolph was a little scared and hesitant at times. I like a guy that can chuck the ball around downfield. I mean, you know, at, at times... He failed and threw a few interceptions here and there. But I actually, as a backup, in my opinion, just looking at the way they play the game, I prefer Duck Hodges over Mason Rudolph. I would prefer Kaepernick over either one of them. I prefer someone <laughs> over I prefer but, neither of them. If my, but, that was my choice. Uh, you know, with, with Duck Hodges, I, I would feel more comfortable with him as really? my backup than Mason Rudolph. Yeah. yeah, because I was pretty hard on him. I bought the jersey after he won a couple games. I know. Uh, but, and you know, but the, raffle that off. But there's a lot of writers in, in Pittsburgh that feel like the fans, myself included, uh, our criticism of him being thrown into a situation a where, the, a de- harsh, where the defenses were, were kind of mean to the guy. The defenses were specifically trying to force him into the pass, especially after Connor went down. They didn't have a running game to speak of with Benny Snell uh, and. You know, Jalen Samuels there. I mean, so they didn't have a running game. The defenses were, were, were keying on the quarterback, putting pressure on Hodges to, to force him to throw the ball. They threw the ball too much. So maybe, you know, maybe I was wrong. I mean, maybe he deserves a better chance or a second chance. Obviously, we didn't draft a quarterback. Obviously, we didn't trade for a quarterback. Obviously, we didn't sign a quarterback. Mm. So someone <laughs> somewhere thinks 
that either Hodges or Rudolph Still has shocking. potential. Still I shocking. just truly hope, I hope, beyond hope, that the quarterback on that roster that they have hope for is Hodges and not Rudolph. Because Rudolph did look yeah. horrific. Yeah. I don't know that there's I mean, much hope. He was like the heir Rudolph. apparent. I mean, he seemed like he was the guy that was going to take the reins after Roethlisberger. But he does not seem like that guy. No, and I always no. thought I always thought you know if you're, if Roethlisberger is going to be the starter, I think they should have kept Hodges on yeah. the roster. I mean, obviously that, that would have put Hodge or because uh, you were Josh high on, you were high on Mason Rudolph. Yeah, so I was for a while. I was and, and not you know, anymore. Just another tall, lanky quarterback, you know, with a good pedigree who is not going to turn out to be much. But I thought they should have kept Dobbs. And he seems sort of like a douchebag too, little douchebaggy ish. <laughs> yeah, and that's going to hang over his his his. his career forever you know did he say it or did he not say it i'm not i just i don't know I, I, he, he just i i yeah i i think the the steelers should sort of move on from him uh and and have doug hodges as their backup and you know look for somebody else maybe draft they should have drafted somebody this year but definitely this coming year in the draft get somebody else yeah and he's definitely more in the mold of a roethlisberger right more in the mold of a gunslinger mm-hmm. you know less traditional type of quarterback you know, not Tom Brady or or by any stretch of the imagination with, with everything being very crisp, very planned. I mean, he's he's definitely a fly by the seat of his yeah. pants. I, I, I mean, but I, I like the fearlessness. You know, I mean, Mason Rudolph seemed a little too scripted. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a little anxious in the pocket. Um, you know, some of the throws that he made downfield were kind of safe. You know, I don't, I don't want a guy that's completely safe. I like a guy that's going to take some chances down the field because that's when the big plays happen. And, 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 you know, Mason Rudolph, he was just sort of, you know, dink and dunk. Not completely dink and dunk. I but think his yards per attempt were something like 7.5 yeah, yards. And, and that's, that can win you games. At times, but over the long term, it's just not going to work. Yeah, I agree. All right, next up, Seattle Seahawks or Philadelphia Eagles? Seahawks. All right, the Seahawks. It's approaching mid-June, and Jadavion Clowney has still not chosen an NFL team to play for in 2020. Having played his initial contract following a 2019 trade to the Seahawks, it's not for lack of interest at the veteran player. Pass runner remains a free agent but more so because his asking price remains high. The former first-round pick reportedly entered free agency this offseason with a $20 million per year contract demand, which led to some teams scratching him from their wish list immediately while other teams attempted to negotiate a lower salary. Sorry, flipping a page here. Uh, the latest rumor involves Clowney reducing his price by $3 million, and there remain frontrunners to land him, but he appears in no rush to sign a deal he's uncomfortable with. Uh, one of the teams that continued to show interest was one of the most recent that he took snaps for, but it doesn't appear he's going to give them a discount of any kind. It's being reported that the Seattle Seahawks offered Clowney as much as $15 million to return to them in 2020 on a one-year deal. Uh, but the offer was allegedly met with a shrug. Much of the supposed change in his asking price is an attempt to stir more interest. Clowney also reported stooping or stopping, looking for a huge multi-year deal keyed on a single one-year deal at a high value. The Seahawks' one-year offer met met him at least halfway, uh, namely the 27-year-old seemingly wanting more than $15 million and they offered him right around that amount. Other teams remain in play as well, but the New York Jets have removed themselves from the race this week, and the Tennessee Titans are simply playing a waiting game 
right around the same amount of dollar per year offer. The latter has made it clear that they intend to add Clowney, that they'd like to add Clowney to the roster, but they are not pressed to do so when considering his price tag. And when there are the Cleveland Browns who have cap space and willingness to throw around big money at Clowney, but it's reported he simply doesn't want to play for that club going forward despite a lucrative offer having been put in front of him by general manager Andrew Berry. What the fuck is Clowney doing? He, I don't know. The Browns offered him almost what he wants, mm-hmm. turned it down, yep. doesn't want to play for the Seahawks for $15 million. Doesn't want to play for the Tennessee Titans, who are going to have a good team for fifteen or sixteen million. What is Clowney's deal, and what does he end up doing this season? I don't know. I mean, but I mean, it's a case of beggars can't be choosers. I mean, I mean if if you're offered the amount that you want from, you know, who cares what team? If it, if it is the Browns, I mean, the Browns, you know, they they have a pretty decent team there. If you if he went and played it for the Browns, um, he, he could find some success over there. But I'm not exactly sure what he. I don't think he knows what he wants, and I'm not sure what his agent wants yeah i mean if the browns offered them 18 or 19 million dollars over mm-hmm. how many years yeah. i mean we don't know exactly i mean there's rumors out there about how long it was so he doesn't want to pl- he wants 20 million dollars from the seahawks because they're a decent team he's willing to play for tennessee but he needs more money uh he won't play for the browns even though they offered him the money close to the money that he wants mm-hmm. so i'm not sure what it is that he is expecting to find out there because he is Top twenty at the edge position. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, nah, he's, he's not top five. He's a, he's a decent player. Um, and and if 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 there is a team out there, no matter what team it is, even if, even if it was the Jacksonville Jaguars that's offering that money, that amount of money, if that's what you want, if you if it's only money that you're focused on, then take it because there's 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 not you know a a, a a a more successful team out there that needs his services that wants to pay him that sort of money. So. Take the money then. Because yeah. there's really only two ways you can go with this, right? One, you want to win and you're willing to take a little bit less money. There you have the Seahawks or the Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even with the Seahawks, they're not the best team right now in that division. Uh, they weren't this year. They weren't this year. Yeah. And you, you know, still have, Metcalf you still have, got another year under his belt. But I mean offensive lines approved. Yeah, but I mean you still have the you still have nobody, you know, you still have uh the Niners, the the I mean the Cardinals are a little bit better this season too. You have the Rams in that division right now with the Seahawks. Um, but you know, you're going to, you know, your division, Ben, um, you know, the best team right now is Baltimore and the second team is sort of up for grabs right now because I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, well, I wouldn't I, say it's yeah. up for grabs. <laughs> I, I think I, the Steelers I, are the second best team in that I, division. You know, I, up for grabs. You're trying, if, to, if, you're trying if, to get if, back at me for if, all my if, Eagles comments if tonight? If Roethlisberger stays healthy, then yeah, they, yeah, the, they should yeah, the be. the Browns and the Steelers, <laughs> they're like, they're right there. You I mean, know? They, have, they have a pretty decent team. They have a, I mean, they, they built up a, 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 you know, a good team. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens was their coach last year. This year, we'll see what happens with their new coach. But, uh, you know, I would say, you know, they have playoff aspirations there in Cleveland. They, yeah, they definitely have yeah. playoff aspirations in Cleveland. I, I won't argue with that. They do. Yeah, they do have I, aspirations. Yeah, I, I I played the lotto this week too. Yeah. I have aspirations <laughs> that I will win the lottery this week, uh, but yeah. I only bought five dollars worth of tickets. So yeah. you know, yeah. having not bought ten million dollars worth, I doubt I'm going to win. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. I mean, they're 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 definitely getting better. They're improving. They're the Browns. And, and they'll they be are better. the Browns. How yeah. dare you put the Browns we'll see. We'll in the see. category with the Steelers until they prove something. We'll see. The Browns. The Steelers are neck and neck. Oh, my God. But, yeah, Clowney, I don't, I, I don't understand what oh he wants. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't understand what he wants. I mean, what is he? if he wants to play for a good team, take the deal. Take the deal in Tennessee. 
or take the deal in Seattle if you want to play on a contender. If you just want the money, then you know take the deal from Cleveland. I, I don't understand. Yeah, what, what what is he, he, he. I think he thinks he's you know T.J. Watt or uh, you know or one of these guys you know that that's really really good. And, and he, I don't think he is. Oh, no. you know, I, he, had a decent. He's season. not Khalil Mack out there for crying yeah, out loud. He had a decent season with the, with the Seahawks, but you know, not twenty million dollars. And he's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. And he's coming off a terrible, you know, he made a really bonehead play against the Eagles in the in the game that the Eagles the Eagles ended up winning the or the, the Seahawks ended up winning the game, mm-hmm. but he did make a bonehead play in the game against was it the Cowboys they played after that no Green Bay or Green, Green Bay. Bay he yeah. made a bonehead play in the Green Bay game mm-hmm. that cost them big time as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for big time money, you can't make big time mistakes. Uh, next up or last up, we have the Eagles. Elijah Riley is going to fly, Eagles fly. I really love this guy. Uh, when it comes to training camp in the NFL, one of the most intriguing aspects is watching and waiting to see if any undrafted free agents can make the final roster and ultimately contribute on the field. The Philadelphia Eagles have had pretty good success with undrafted free agents in their franchise's history, especially in the Doug Peterson era. Corey Clement is a name that comes to mind, as well as Boston Scott and Greg Ward, who helped to save the season last year. Elijah Riley is a defensive back at an army and very well, maybe an off-season surprise. At six foot, two hundred and five pounds, Riley possesses good size for a DB, and is a real shot to make the roster as a safety. A four-year starter for the Black Knights, Riley was quite productive in that span. In his four years, Riley racked up two hundred one tackles, six point five sacks, seven interceptions, and three forced fumbles, as well as twenty-eight pass breakups in forty-four games played. Riley's senior year was when it really hit his stat line, and it lit things up. A senior as team captain at West Point, Riley notched 79 tackles, four sacks, three interceptions, three forced fumbles, and six pass breakups. Say what you will about the competition he played against, but those are some impressive numbers. And for what it's worth, that Army team last season was also the team that took Michigan to overtime in the big house on the road with Riley starring with 13 tackles, nine solo tackles, two sacks, and a fumble recovery. Most fans may have not heard of him until now, but this kid from the armed forces can certainly play. I love this kid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I know, you know, I, I picked the guys that I like, you know, PJ Walker and some other guys around the league uh, or from the XFL, but I, I lock on to people that I really like. And I follow this guy at West Point. I think he's going to be a stud for you guys. I think he's going to make the roster and I think he's going to shore up that safety position with Malcolm Jenkins going, running off to where'd he go? New Orleans? Mm-hmm. I think he's going to start, and I think he's going to be a surprise player in that secondary for you guys. What say you? We'll see what happens, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I really the, like the, this guy. He's got the discipline. Way, the way the secondary has performed for the Eagles for quite a few years now, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. I'm not too confident about their secondary. I mean, they've they've found other diamonds in the rough, uh, but the secondary, they have not been able to. So we'll see what happens. He's got discipline. He's got strength. He's got character. He's got skill. He played big in big games. I'm very critical. And about uh, Eagles. I'm very critical until I see it. I don't believe it. Yeah, and no one will remember this podcast if I'm wrong. But <laughs> when I'm right, when Elijah Riley next year has a huge year for the Eagles and helps them defeat the Cowboys and make the playoffs and win the division next year, I want to replay this segment because I really like this kid. All right, we'll see you what know, happens. I watched, I watched some film on him this week. I really like this kid. Did you really? 
Did you rewind? Fast I did. Rewind. I did. Fast I did. I did. I mean, I, I mean, with like the like the, the no, spools, definitely not the spools of film. Like wait, wait. Let me let me let me let me play that back. Let me with play noise, that back. The sound of the film. It's it's, but, it's black and white film, and it, I mean, but I think he's got really good ball skills. I mean, he knows where to be and when to be there. And I mean, I, I think you guys got a nice undrafted free nice. agent with Elijah Riley. And I hope he does. I hope so. I, I hope think so. He, but, I think he's going to be a stud. I just, I'm not very confident in that Eagle secondary until they prove to me that they can actually put a good secondary together. And, you know, I'm not sure that good. you're confident in anything about the Eagles yeah, at any point much. in time. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Until the, I, until the last play on the Super Bowl when the clock ticks down to zero. Then I know we have a winning team. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we are a feel-good story. Yes, every single week we try to scour the universe, scour the interwebs, scour our memory banks for people out there in the world that are doing great things for their community, NFL players who are, uh, you know, stand-up, totally awesome people, and we found another one this week. This week, it is Malcolm Mitchell, Super Bowl champ and former Patriot. Malcolm Mitchell began the Read with Malcolm program in 2015. The Read with Malcolm or program is a youth literacy initiative founded in 2015 by University of Georgia wide receiver and Super Bowl champ Malcolm Mitchell. The mission of Read with Malcolm is to transform the lives of young students through literacy. The organization's goals are to introduce book ownership to students in households where reading is not a priority and to improve literacy in schools with below grade level reading skills. Uh, the Share the Magic Foundation is also something that Mitchell spearheaded. In 2016, the Read with Malcolm increased its impact by launching the Share the Magic Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit. The mission of Share the Magic is to promote the long-term benefits of reading and book ownership among students in the Title I schools and underserved community. Children with the lowest reading scores account for 65% of all children who do not graduate from high school and the most successful way to improve the reading achievement of low-income children is to increase their access to print because 61% of low-income families have no age-appropriate books in their homes, creating a steady stream of new age-appropriate books has been shown to nearly triple interest in reading within months. We know that children growing up in homes with at least 20 books get three more years schooling than children from homes without books. Therefore, books in the hands of of in homes of a student is critical to improving the literacy skills. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell's vision is to transform the lives of students through literacy and the goals of read with Malcolm and the share the magic foundation is to introduce youth in America to the long-term benefits of being an active reader and improve their literacy skills. The goal is accomplished by providing students with their own copy of The Magician's Hat and connecting with students and educators through innovative and exciting reading rallies. Malcolm Mitchell, bringing long-term success to underserved communities and underserved households, something that they can build on. It's not a one-time event where you give them money and they you know, spend the money on something they need immediately. This is something they can carry these kids through their entire lives. And I think it's mm -hmm. awesome. Franny, what say you? 
Excellent, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just tending to Instagram while you were <laughs> talking about that. But, you know, I, I, I never doubt your feel-good stories, Ben. I mean, it's, it's great that you're bringing these stories to the forefront uh, to everyone that's listening. So thank you, Malcolm Mitchell. Yes, no, Malcolm Mitchell. <laughs> this is a great program. This is a long-term program. So thank you, Malcolm Mitchell. Love the music. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we're going to talk a little bit about the Bruce Lee 30 for 30 documentary. The last few weeks, we've been talking about these documentaries for uh, five weeks there. We talked about The Last Dance. Uh, the Chicago Bulls documentary. We talked about Lance, Lance Armstrong uh, documentary, also a 30 for 30. And tonight we're going to talk about the Bruce Lee documentary, which uh, aired last Sunday. Hey, what'd you think? I mean, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, you know, it, it wasn't as good as the Lance Armstrong one. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, you know, Bruce Lee is, um, you know, it, it's, it's a name that is, uh, you know, synonymous with the martial arts. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I didn't grow up with Bruce Lee. I mean, I didn't realize actually that he did, you know, pass away in 1973. I thought he was around for a little bit longer just because of the legacy that he did leave. Um, So that was was actually quite shocking because I, I, you know, in, in my memory bank, I didn't, you know, I didn't, realized that he did pass away that early and uh you know he was 32 years old but i mean he really did leave a lasting impact and lasting legacy uh not only for um you know uh i I would say uh the martial arts uh community um but also for um you know for the asian community as well yeah and, and i actually i thought i did grow up with yeah. Bruce Lee. I grew up in the, you know, late seventies, you know, when I was old enough to be cognizant of what was going on around me and the eighties. And I actually thought I did grow up with Bruce Lee mm-hmm. because of all the movies that, that we were able to watch from Hong Kong. I had no clue that, um, that enter the dragon, you know, was released after his death. Yeah, I had no clue. I thought I did grow up with him, mm-hmm. but he had actually died when I was three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was something that I wasn't aware of. I actually wasn't aware that Kung Fu uh, was the precursor to, essentially to all of the Japanese martial arts. I had no idea that it, it sort of grew out of Kung Fu and Kung Fu sort of embodied all of the other martial arts. And he was very adamant that, you know, you shouldn't pigeon your hole yourself into jujitsu or Taekwondo or one of these other, because you're sort of locking yourself into a, specific way of doing things when you could be doing something much more broad mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i had no yeah, I mean, idea I, how complicated I, yeah. his life was and, i mean in his backstory too i mean he was sort of uh you know raised and and born into um a household um that did have you know actor it was dad was an actor i think his mom was also yes yeah, an, an yeah, actress dad as was, well uh, in the in the Hong Kong theater in yeah. some, and I believe his mom was as well. So, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know that he was grown, uh, he was born and raised into that type of a family. I thought he was a martial artist first and he was discovered because of his martial arts skills, but actually he was an actor from a young first age. and then later became a martial artist as well. You know, it was I, almost I, hard to follow. I mean, he was, I guess he was born in San Francisco, 
went back. Went back to, to Hong Kong with his parents. His parents said, you're, you're too much. I can't deal yeah. with you. <laughs> I'm going to send you. And they sent him back to the United States with yeah. $100 in his pocket mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and somehow ended up with a house in Brentwood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you also didn't realize, you know, um, how, how difficult it was, you know, for, for Asian actors in that time to break into Hollywood because you had white actors playing Asian characters in movies. Oh, that was so ridiculous. I, I, John I, Wayne playing an Asian character. I, I know. He played Genghis Khan or Genghis yeah. Khan. or David Carradine I, 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 getting it, kung fu instead of him. Yeah, exactly. And there was very few Asian actors, you know, at that time. And for him to, to, to I mean, even that one role, uh, basically that, I mean, his, his role in, um, in, in the movie, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the last one, one that one that oh, came, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Um, I, I'm forgetting stuff Big too. Boss, I, I'm, forget, I, I'm forgetting stuff too, just like you, Ben, tonight. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're getting there. You'll, you'll get there. I'm peach in that lime. That, well, that's your, age, line. your age is showing. It's showing. It's showing. Um, but I mean, for, you know, for him to break into this role and to have that one huge movie, that one huge hit, I mean, it, it, it is uh, something that really opened the doors for other actors, not just, you know, Asian actors, but. You know, other other actors of diverse backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, and and his, and he was so politically savvy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something I didn't realize in his all of his interviews. Uh, something you you probably didn't hear from a lot of people then. You probably don't hear a lot of it now. You know, him, him acknowledging the risk that a, you know, it, it's easy to say that it's just racist. Everything's racist, and the reason he didn't get a job was because of racism. And but he acknowledged, and there probably was some racism involved, obviously. But acknowledging that it would be a big risk mm-hmm. for, you know, to put at that time probably still millions of dollars into a big budget feature, not knowing whether people would go and see it. I mean, it, it takes a risk to, to do that. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're overtly saying, I'm not going to cast you because I don't like you. Um, but he, he his answers were very honest. Um, and they showed an, like an intellectual understanding of what he was talking about. Uh, I mean, I had no idea about what was going on in Hong Kong at the time, you know, with, with you know, British, British colonialism coming to an end and, um, you know, that he had opened up martial arts schools in, I think, in Oakland. Yeah. But he lived you. in Washington for, for part of his life as yeah. well. Uh you know that he didn't actually want to act in the U.S. He 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 wanted to act in. Well, he was surprised. I mean, he he, he was shocked um, that he was actually called to Hollywood uh, for that role that ended up being uh, the, in the Green Hornet, basically playing a playing a backup role, you know, to the white lead, you know, at the time. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what you know Hollywood. Was yeah, watching that John Wayne yeah. clip, I was like, oh, oh my I, mean, God. I never <laughs> saw that movie, but it's I, embarrassing I, yeah. as an American just to even watch that. That's just embarrassing to even, I mean, it, it's like they took off cops this week. They should probably get rid of those movies <laughs> as well. Like take those off HBO Max, uh, because that's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, to, to, and even in the Green Hornet, when he, what, he didn't have any language, he was essentially the driver. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It was, I mean, he, he didn't have, I mean, uh, un, until, was it, uh, he didn't really speak up too much about it. I mean, he was just happy having a role at that point, uh, to try to sort of make a niche, 
you know, for himself. Uh, was it his wife? I can't remember now. Or, or, or somebody mentioned that he should have more speaking roles he because did. he did. He did. He wrote a letter. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah. he, he wrote the Once letter. Once the show was developed, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, because he was an actor. I mean, that's what yeah. he was. I mean, he, he had an acting background. He wasn't just a martial artist. He actually knew how to act, and he was an he was actually a pretty successful child actor, or or and even in his teenage years, he was very successful too. Yeah, and it made me think of the Last Kingdom, that show that, that Sonya and I watch, because they, they talked about how he was sort of not fully accepted by uh, the Chinese in Hong Kong, but he also wasn't yeah. fully accepted. What do they call it? Like Pacific, like yeah, middle like, Pacific, mid Pacific. Yeah, it was. It was sort of middle of the road. You like know? You're, you're, we don't, we don't, we don't accept you 100, percent but they we don't, don't accept it, you 100. percent <laughs> So you're sort of straddling these two two worlds and you know for his career you know to to only last you know i mean in the in the united states i mean it was just enter the dragon and yeah. the green hornet yeah, i mean less than 30 years i mean i mean because you know i think his first role when he was like maybe six or seven or eight years yeah. old and he ended up passing away at 32 years old but i mean he accomplished you know so much and has such such a huge following you know after his 32 years yeah i mean it was it was I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more of a true documentary, mm-hmm. I think, for thirty for thirty than it was sort of an emotional journey. Where I think the, the Michael Jordan documentary was a I mean, it was a real emotional journey. Even Lance, it was it was a lot more um, just emotional aspects to it. This was much more factual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you you, you learn. I mean, in his brother or his son. Uh, getting killed on the crow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, years I had forgotten later. about that, but I mean, the prop guy, you know, they put a dummy bullet in and then they don't take the dummy bullet out and then they put a charge in the gun and it shoots him in the abdomen. And he, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his and his wife, you know, saying how much she enjoyed when he wasn't working, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he really loved his daughter and they were able to spend time together. But he was obviously a very complex Yeah person but uh, and those, very, mo- and those movies were so cheesy yeah at but that he, time. i mean he was very confident in himself he knew what he was capable of and he was a very motivated individual um and yeah i mean i i, I seriously i mean you know I, I you know the documentary itself wasn't the best 30 for 30 that i've seen but no. definitely you get a uh, um you know a lot of information that i'm sure a lot of people don't know out there, I mean, they know the name. They know the name Bruce Lee, but they don't know much of his backstory. So this did, a, you know, did a good job of, you know, his upbringing and how he was raised, and you know, you know what happened during his time here in the U.S. Um, so that that was interesting to see. But you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it was the best thirty for thirty that I've that I've watched. No, and it must have led to. I mean, I remember watching those movies in the eighties, all those subtitle movies. Mm-hmm. So he must have brought. I mean, if not for Bruce Lee, I'm guessing I would not have had my entire Saturday to watch uh, martial arts movies with subtitles <laughs> in in the 80s. So they, I mean, I'm sure he was responsible for for a lot of that. We got to see all the ones that that he filmed in Hong Kong, as well as a lot of other. Uh, I mean, I had throwing stars in the 80s, and I had like nunchucks. I didn't know what to do with them, yeah. but I did have them. Uh, Still don't. And it was all of, it was all a function, sort of 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 what Bruce Lee was able. To accomplish, I, I thought it was well done, very informative, but less dramatic, I think, yeah. than some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Ben? Uh, no, just no. Uh, it, it's a shame that he, you know, died from a bad prescription for painkillers at at thirty two years old, and mm-hmm. and it just a that should be a lesson to everybody: be careful what you put into your body. You know, it might not be 
you know, might not be something that you should be taking in the moment just to get through a short term, you know, a short term issue. So it's too bad. All right, Franny. Anything else to add? Nothing else to add, man. All right. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, man, is our shot. Ooh, the shot of the week. Franny concocts these shots for us every single week, and this week is like no other. This one is an amazing shot. Please stick around. You will not be disappointed with this shot. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. And Ben, this shot looks delicious. It does look delicious. It looks very, it looks very tasty, and uh, it is dubbed the Agalor. And why is it dubbed <laughs> the Agalor, Franny? And what is in this shot? Well, Ben, in this shot, we have butterscotch schnapps. We have okay. white chocolate liqueur. Okay. We have Bailey's Irish cream, Ooh. a little bit of chocolate, and on the edge, a little bit of Butterfingers. Because he can't sprinkles catch the on, ball. on the rim. And yes, you know, Ben, uh, the early part of last season, I was very disappointed in Nelson Aguilar, and I think you could hear my frustration quite often, actually. I think all of my neighbors heard your frustration. <laughs> Uh, you know, he had that terrible drop. I mean, that any one of us could have caught against Atlanta. And then the following week, he follows that up with that drop. He caught the ball and dropped it without being touched against the Detroit Lions. And, uh, I mean, there was not only frustration from me, bro, from all Eagles fans out there. I mean, that we we all remember that interview. Yeah, with the, uh, <laughs> the people were throwing babies out the, out out the, the window. window. And uh, that gentleman could catch... The babies, unlike <laughs> Nelson, Nelson Aguilar, and that's why this Butterfingers-inspired shot is dubbed the Aguilar. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate Nelson Aguilar and what he did for the you Eagles do. in his time. You do, I do. We did win a Super Bowl with Nelson Aguilar on the team. He actually played well that season. He played well in the Super Bowl. But uh, that was one good season out of many. And, Super Bowl uh, winning season. Uh, that yeah. Super Bowl winning season. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry to call it the Aguilar, but I think it is appropriately named the Aguilar shot. And I'm sure there are many Eagles fans out there that would agree with me in the naming of this shot. All right. So, uh, so you concocted this with, again, what are it the ingredients? Was, uh, butterscotch. Uh, schnapps, uh, a little bit of white chocolate liqueur, some Bailey's Irish cream, a little bit of uh, chocolate drizzled on the bottom of the shot glass, and then also on the rim we have uh, the Butterfingers crumbs. So the pre-diabetes shot. Yes, sir. <laughs> Here we go. Cheers to you, Ben. This has been chilling in Ooh, the fridge. Smells good. Oh wow, that's good! Holy mm. moly, that's good. There's a lot of that is some sweet stuff though, man. Yeah, but that's that is really good on the rim. Getting mm. all the butterfingers on there. Mm. Bart Simpson will be proud. Mm. That is really good. Yeah, actually, that's that's pretty darn good. 
definitely a big step up from the shots I was making while you were at your house. Well, now that I'm back here with you, Ben, and I can taste the shots, uh, you know, I've started creating better, more tasty shots. That are more, were like, please give me two ingredients that are only. more please pal- only. palatable. Uh, you know, for me, yeah, he did. I did have some disgusting shots along the way while over those nine or ten yeah, weeks when you were at your house. I, I know how much you hate rum, and a lot of those uh, shots that you were concocting oh, did have God, rum, rum. Is, no rum, um, as one of the ingredients in the shot, um, or vodka, which I'm you know, not a huge fan. This of. shot, it is a joke, obviously, uh, with Nelson Aguilar having butterfingers. I wish him all the best going forward, but um, do you? Good riddance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you lost I'm your sorry. entire receiving core. I mean, uh, Jeffrey, yeah. you're going to be gone. Mm. Aguilar, gone. Well, Jeffrey's still there. Yeah, Alshon but he's is not still there. Be there. I, mean, has, I don't think he's going to be there in September. He has one foot out the door right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there, we have 14 receivers currently on the roster. So I'm hoping, you know, a few of those guys yeah. actually turn out. To become and deep throat decent. won't be there in September. I don't think yeah. <laughs> giving information to the papers about the internal locker room issues with the Eagles uh, probably not going to ingratiate himself to the team. Yeah. Although I do like Alshon Jeffrey, so I mean, in no. terms of his play on the field, he didn't have a great season last year. But you he know, was hurt. He was he was hurt for the majority of the season. Unfortunately, just like the majority of other Eagles players on that team. Uh, but that was an excellent shot. Very tasty. Very good. Very sweet. And, uh, you know, for anybody that's having a little party, if you want to throw some shots together, this is very easy to throw together. Um, you know, butterscotch schnapps, a little bit of chocolate liqueur, some Baileys. You mix it all together on ice. You pour it into these shot glasses on the rim. If you want to add some, uh, some butter, uh, fingers, um, I don't know. I just chopped it up sort of into smaller bits. If you want those little bits hanging around the rim, yeah, you can do that. a little chocolate on the rim. For yeah, the, a little chocolate. Uh, finger to it stick was, to. It was very good. Very tasty. And, uh, yeah, what do you think, Ben? Well, I mean, this I is, love it. Yeah, I mean, it's good. really sweet. Well, I mean, what, what's your audience for the shot? I mean, what, you know, is this a, a party shot for your craft, for your Galentine's <laughs> Day? <laughs> is this your Super Bowl shot or is this your, uh, you know, maybe it's not. A, it's not your bachelor party shot, no. but, but it's more of a family. It's, you it's, can do it with a family good about it. Yeah. What's good about it is, is it's not, there's not a lot of alcohol in it. So right. you can actually, you know, drink down a few of these, enjoy the flavor, but not get, you know, messed up. You know, there's, there's I mean, Bailey's. Has forty percent, but there's not that much Bailey's in here. Just a little bit of Bailey's, a little bit of the chocolate liqueur, a white chocolate liqueur, and the butterscotch schnapps. So you know, not a ton of uh, alcohol in this particular shot. That's why it was so sweet, full of sugar. Yeah, I mean, I think you could do it for for a crafting day, for a you know, even a holiday with your family, mm-hmm. where you don't have a lot of heavy drinkers around, but everybody can still have a nice looking, yeah. very tasty, and you can shot. Find a picture of these uh, shots on Instagram and, and on Twitter. On Twitter. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage Ooh. of the week, and it is. I'm not sure if you have information for us, Ben, but it's stolen I do. whiskey aged eleven years. And what made you pick the stolen whiskey from the stolen distillery? You know, going into uh, Total Wine or a local liquor establishment where most of our Stolen beverages spirits, come from, um, I wasn't sure what to what to get for tonight, Ben, because we've had a, you know a bourbon recently, we've had a rye recently, we've had a scotch recently, we've had a cognac 
I was like, what can we do different this week? And so I just figured, you know, why not go with an American whiskey? It's a little different. We haven't tried too many American whiskeys on the show. And uh, this one was also highly rated, 92 from Wine Enthusiast. And, you know, the bottle itself, if you just look at it, I love the simple graphics on the bottle. And uh, that's pretty much why, Ben. Yeah, I mean, it's totally simple in terms of the the graphics on the bottle. It just says aged 11 years. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really interesting, interesting bottle. And we don't get, I mean, as you mentioned, we have a, a, a few, but not a large number of Irish whiskeys that we've tried. Yeah. And we haven't tried too many straight up, I, uh, straight up American whiskeys. And this appears to be their signature stolen whiskey. Uh, this is the stolen 11 whiskey, the type of whiskey you can just keep pouring and pouring your new go-to whiskey. Aged 11 years in American oak barrels. It's highly awarded single-grain American whiskey. It's finished in a secondary barrel and steeped with toasted oak staves. As a result, Stolen 11 has a rich and bold flavor profile, yet is exceptionally smooth and light on the palate. It's all with a luscious, buttery mouthfeel. Uh, the accolades for this particular Whiskey, the Chairman's Trophy at the Ultimate Spirits Challenge in 2019. Double gold at San Francisco World Spirits Competition in 2017. 92 points from Wine Enthusiast Magazine and website. And the gold at the Las Vegas World Spirits Awards in 2017. And Stolen 11 Whiskey is the only available in the U.S. Sorry, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, they have a, a huge number of drinks on their website that you can make with this particular whiskey, but we're going to try it straight. Um, but it's very simple, you know, straightforward type of type of whiskey advertisement, or at least the information they have available for it. And uh, let's give it a shot. Let's give it let's a shot. Smell ben. this whiskey at least. Let's sniff this whiskey in our Glen Karen <laughs> glass. See, I finally figured let's... out how to say it. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. So... It has a buttery scent. Not just a buttery mouthfeel. I mean, it's it is definitely you get a lot of sweetness. Um, some not woodiness. too spirity. Thought not, it was no. going to be more spirity. Actually, not too spirity. I mean, the color. It's a light it's nice. copper. Yeah, light copper. Looks like a bourbon. Has some um, bourbon nose. Yeah, it does actually. You can definitely get the woodiness. A little bit of spice also on the nose. Does it say where it's from? I think it's from the oh, dirty, the dirty, 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 dirty <laughs> in St. Petersburg, Florida, home of the home invasion robbery. Yeah, it smells nice. St. Petersburg. <laughs> I can almost smell the steak joint and stripper talc. It smells Ooh. like orchids of Asia. <laughs> <It is laughs> Sorry, St. Pete. Sorry, dirty, dirty. <laughs> but I can't help it. You know where you are. You know you know what you have in your town. All right. Let's give this a sip. Ooh. Yes. It does have a nice smooth mouthfeel. Actually, it has... Um, Super smooth. A little bit of a bite on the back end. A little bit of creaminess, but the bite is more of 
a little bit of extra spice that hits you hits you at the back of the throat. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's smooth for sure. Yeah, but, but it's got get, that bite at the back. But you got a nice creaminess though in the mouth. You got a nice creaminess. What is that spice? Like I can't quite put my finger on where the spice flavor is coming from. And you get you know you get woodiness. You get the woodiness. You get a uh, you get the vanilla coming through. It's almost like a woody vanilla creaminess, and then it kind of hits you at the back of the throat with that spice to finish it off. I wouldn't say it's a harsh a harsh finish. It's actually quite smooth, um, but it's it's more the spice than than you know that that spiritiness to it. I'm getting the oak though. I am getting a little bit of an oak woodiness on the front. I'm getting a little oak, getting a little vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not sure, not sure if it's honey, but I'm getting that buttery yeah. smoothness. I'm not sure if it's honey or if it's something else. Yeah, but not overly complex. I mean, the flavors are there. You kind of recognize the flavors that are there, and it's it's uh, it's it's enjoyable. Is it your go-to whiskey? Nope. <laughs> nah, I want to say it's my go-to uh, But I whiskey. do like an American oak whiskey. I mean, it, I mean, I really like the American oak barrel. Mm-hmm. Could have thrown a little salt water in there from, uh, from St. Pete. <laughs> Turpin Springs, a little sponge in there. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, it's a solid. It's a, it's a solid offering. It's definitely solid. Um, you know, I hate to rate everything a seven, uh, <laughs> but I would say that this is uh, you know just about there. I mean, there 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 is enough complexity. It's not overly complex. It's smooth. It's creamy. Um, it has all the right flavors. It's it's it's. Um, it's easy to drink, um, but it's not spectacular, though. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not knocking my socks off, but yeah, it is no, an American whiskey. It's, it's about you know 35, 35 bucks, so it's not high in price. Um, but for something around that price range or even lower, you can find something that is a bit better on the palate. For an American whiskey? Oh no, I'm just well, just in general, not yeah. not yeah. yeah. So you're gonna give it a seven? I would say I'd give it a seven. I think I'm going to give it an eight. Wow. Really? And I think because, it, because of the, the category that it's in, I think mm-hmm. if it were a bourbon with a similar quality, I think I might give it a little bit of a lower rating. But because it's an American whiskey from St. Petersburg, <laughs> in the cat, sort of you didn't in expect the, it. In the category that it's in, I think if you're looking for an American whiskey, and the things I like about it are, I like the smoothness. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the spice on the back end. It's not too pronounced, but it's enough to keep me interested in taking another sip. It's not so smooth that there's not a spicy back end. Mm-hmm. And it, it is smooth, buttery. It's got a little bit of a oakiness to it, which I like. Uh, so for for the category that it's in for for uh, for an American whiskey. We haven't had too many, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'd give it an eight. All right, mm-hmm. I, I think it's solid. Yeah, I mean, I could I could drink this with a cigar, no problem. Yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that it was aged for eleven years, 
So back in 2009. Oh, ben, yeah. Well, why are in, you doing that, Franny? Give our listeners some background. What are we going to do here? Well, I mean, uh, for the scotches that we've tried recently or the cognac that we had a few weeks back, uh, we're giving a little bit of a history lesson to our listeners out there. Uh, so back in 2009, Ben, when this whiskey was just a little baby aging in its American whiskey, well, it's American whiskey, the oak barrels that it was in. What do you think was the number one song in the country at the time? Although I did mention it to you already. That's uh, 2009 <laughs> 2009. This little guy was just a clear liquid. I don't even know what was popular in 2009. Well, I mean, it was probably pretty bad, whatever it was, because I don't have a recollection, recollection of what was popular in 2009. The, the, do you remember the Black Eyed Peas, Ben? I do. I do. Yeah. They were very popular for yeah. a minute. And they were popular back in 2009, Ben. The number one song at the time was Boom Boom Pow. <laughs> boom Boom Pow was the number that, one song? At, in June of 2009, when this little guy was sitting in, uh, in in the oak barrels, still a clear liquid at the time, Boom Boom Pow Interesting. was the number one. So I was right. The music was terrible. The, the, yeah. Well, I'm sure you had it. I'm, I'm sure whatever you were driving at the time, Ben... Was, you know, Boom Boom Pow was playing over your speakers. 2009, I was getting near 40, yeah. uh, give or take. That's right around the age where you stop listening to new music yeah, maybe, and you maybe, only maybe listen you, to the same shit that you yeah, listen to You're probably like, what's this new music? Uh, but no, new- I like, because I was, uh, well, I was, uh, I liked Gwen Stefani back then. <laughs> and I did like. Did you like Fergie though? Uh, did you like Fergie? No, I did not like Fergie uh, back then. Uh, definitely no Maroon 5. <laughs> but there was some good stuff back then. Yeah, well, Boom Boom Pow was uh, the number one song at the time. Do you know what the number one movie was, Ben? In 2009. I do not. Yeah. The Hangover. Ooh, it was actually, the first one? The the first Hangover. Oh, awesome. Number one movie at the time. Never should have made another one. And uh, some, uh, some news uh, articles at the time may have talked about uh, analog TV broadcast sending in the U.S. Now everything is really? digital. Even you know, over the now, air. Over the air. Everything is now digital and high definition. Back then, it so was I'm paying analog. too much. Uh, <laughs> also, NASA, who we don't hear about much anymore, except for more recently, um, NASA launches Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. Also happened in June of 2009. Uh, globally, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad was reelected president of Iran. I always liked him. Yeah, well, well, I liked him because he's, you know, I, I, I he did an interview, I don't know, 2009, 2010, where, for 60 minutes or something. And I've always wondered, you know, why the United States and other countries get to tell people what, you know, we can have nuclear weapons or whatever, but you can't. And he essentially made the argument, like, why, why can you have something and you tell me I can't have it? He was very forthcoming. He was very, I don't know why he left office. I don't know the history of it. But he was very honest. And he, you know, I appreciated that. Yep. And <laughs> we also had Queen Elizabeth's birthday, her 83rd birthday. So, uh, she's 93 you know, now? 94? 94. Yeah, man. She's old. She is. I didn't realize that she was that old. She was 83 back in 2009. Uh, I thought she might have been 83 right now this year. Um, but I guess they have a lot of good plastic surgeons. I in, guess. Uh, she still has enough in energy England. to be disgusted with Meghan Markle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> huh. 
<laughs> and then also, uh, not on the 13th of June, but on the 14th of June, the Lakers oh, defeated the Orlando Magic, the Dwight Howard Orlando Ugh. Magic for their uh, their 15th NBA championship. The following year, they would win their 16th. But Exactly. And it was that- nothing but great stuff for Dwight Howard after that. Well, this year maybe. <laughs> this, this year, year maybe. maybe. He's once, back. once, once the NBA kicks off again, yep, you know, maybe another uh, playoff run in him, maybe a finals run for him. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, that was the news at the time. That is interesting. When this stolen whiskey went into the was bottle. poured into that barrel. Queen Elizabeth. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was reading another review on this, and the palate. Uh, what they're saying here on the whiskey wash is toasted oaky taste that softens into a sweet. Syrupy molasses flavor. The whiskey has hints of smokiness. People have come to expect from stolen spirits. Uh, so now I understand why I like it. It's got the oakiness and it's got the smokiness and a little bit of the spice. So that explains why I like it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's above average. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. No doubt. All right, Franny. Thank you so much for this. And he does this every single week, everyone. He goes out. He scours yeah. the Los Angeles liquor stores. Total Wine, Bevmo, wherever he has to go to find a spirit that is worthy of Thirst and Gold podcast. He finds both a brown as well as a beer for every single episode. So please, please, please show Friday the appreciation he deserves on Twitter and Instagram uh, because we are bringing you our honest takes on beverages that range from, you know, relatively expensive to very, very inexpensive. And you don't always get what you pay for in this space. So we're giving you our honest opinion, yeah. and this is something in that price range. Well, I think would I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. Franny would recommend I it if, you, get, if you could else. get a little bit of a discount. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, if it was twenty five bucks, all right, but thirty five. It's not George Dickel. There, there, oh my god, that was terrible, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and this was no, actually, there was something else on the shelf. I forgot what it was, but there was something right next to the George Dickel that I was about to buy. But I'm like, if it's on the shelf next to George Dickel, how could how good can, can it, it be? be? So I, I I moved down the shelf and I picked this up. All right, I was gonna play the Brown song that some of you have heard, but I didn't play that earlier, and I don't know if this is worthy. Of that. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the week. And for some reason, we keep we keep on gravitating towards these beers from San Diego. I don't know why. I think you're quietly coming back to your blonde hair and blue-eyed <laughs> roots and your desire to go to San Diego with the rest of your people. Bruh. You know, with the, bl- with the blonde hair, blue Let's go catch a 40-footer after school, bro. <laughs> Dude, Brian's got a place on the beach, man. Yeah, man, his parents out of town. Yeah, he's got Gidget there. He's got a, Gidget. He's got a coffee pot on the beach <laughs> in his little cabin. Gidget. <laughs> Gidget. I mean, Sonny was watching Gidget the other yeah. day. I was like, is this a real thing? Um, but it was, yeah, they, like they had like a little, little shack on the beach where the big kahuna lived and I can't, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, dude, but you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, surfboard, dude. Yeah. All right. So what are we going to taste this week? Are you stereotyping me, Ben? I, well, are, no, you, I'm, are you stereotyping me? Well, I'm not the me? one that keeps buying beer from San Diego. You did originally. That was your beer. Remember we had the 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 dank one, bro. That was yours. Oh, that is true. That you picked that is up true. and then like you I think you picked up another one. We were doing the remote podcast and then now this one 
I, I thought it was on oh, the table. Oh, from the it's Coronado not... Brewing Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, is yeah. true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, so you started it. But uh, Yeah, but I have dark gonna, eyes, dark hair. I'm going to finish it tonight. I can't. I definitely can't fit in in San Diego. My hair is too dark. My eyes are too dark. I mean, and I'm in too good a shape for San Diego. I, I, mm, no. No. <laughs> Not yet. Joe's Crab Shack, dude. Uh, all right, so we'll be right back. With uh, I think it's Mission Brewing or Mission yep. Mission Brewery IPA. Yep. So hold tight, everybody. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week from San Diego, bro. Oh. Is it as dank as our previous beer from San Diego? I hope so. I hope it's more dank, bro. <laughs> the danker, the better. The yeah. more dank. All right, bro. Before we annoy all of our listeners, I'm sure you have some information for us. <laughs> I do, man. That's what I love about high school girls. The older That's... I get, they stay the same age. Oh, uh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> well, I mean, I just, that's a that's movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still, I, I need to watch that, Ben. We talked about it last week. I need to watch that movie. You know? I, I, was it, 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 I get older and they stay the same age. We, yeah, we, we do. But everybody <laughs> knows some dude like that. Well, at least in a small yeah. town, you definitely do. Uh, this is the <laughs> Mission. This is the Mission Brewery out of San Diego, California. And this is the Mission IPA, the India Pale Ale. The IPA is in the embodiment of, ooh, the embodiment of San Diego craft beer, the home of society and diversity. Our award-winning interpretation of popular style, of this popular style, features a modern American hop profile. This beer is bright and light-bodied with notes of pine and citrus, Franny's favorite. A balanced, drinkable addition to the wide world of IPAs. The alcohol by volume, not too high, not too low, 6.8%. The bitterness is 66 IBUs, not particularly bitter. Uh, awards, 2007 Bronze Medal, Great American Beer Fest, 2010 Silver Medal, Los Angeles International Beer Competition, and 2014 a Gold Medal at the Central California Craft Beer Competition up in the Central Valley. Franny, what say you about Mission IPA? Why did you pick this particular beverage for us to taste this week? Uh, you know, it's actually pretty funny. I was I was um, eyeing another beer. Um, from Burbank, you know, not too far down the road. Uh, but there was like a couple that moved in and, you know, because of, uh, social distancing, uh, I felt it was necessary to move over. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then when I they grabbed- They were eyeballing the Burbank I, beer, were they? They were eyeballing. I don't know what the hell they were eyeballing, but I just gave them their distance. You know, I moved out of the way because I was kind of moseying on down the aisle, see what else we have. But then, you know, they- got annoying uh and they were just standing there for a while and then they sort of moved over and i grabbed this beer thinking it was the burbank beer uh but i didn't realize that it was from san diego um but you know it, it looks like it's won some awards so i'm actually quite happy with it i mean me and you both enjoy ipas ben oh for sure and uh just smelling this i mean it smells it smells excellent i mean it smells really nice i mean you got that nice Ooh, hoppy uh a little bit of dankness on it but not overly dank Oh, a little bit of dankness, though. Almost bro. a little bit of uh, a little bit of pine, but like a fresh, freshly cut pine. 
Yeah, know? I mean, I love pine in my beer. Yeah. Even, whether it's a Bavarian beer, or like a, even and, a Bavarian lager with yeah. that pine, with those pine notes in it. And I mean, the color, the color is gorgeous. I mean, it, it is, it is golden. It is hazy. Uh, there's not too much head on it. But it smells really fresh. It smells really good. Yeah, it smells really nice. Um, I think they bottled this today, bro. I think so, bro. Oh, man, I could throw this off the pier and keep it cold in the water. The cold Pacific water, bro. It's too but, cold to swim in, but not cold enough to drink beer in, bro. Because you're not, you're not getting a lot of citrusy notes. You I know, get, I get mostly you, pine. You get the hot, but, I get the freshness but you get that is- nice, but it's almost like a freshly cut pine tree it's like you know it's it's like some it's like uh like the the pine needles almost so fresh i mean it, it's like it's it's a really nice refreshing scent from this beer it's yeah i mean bro- 66 ibu it's not you know that's not that bitter yeah. so I'm, I'm curious to see that's the inter- i think it's the international bitterness unit or some shit like that yeah but I, I like i like the um the haziness to it too it's not perfectly clear there's just a little bit of haze to the color yeah, International Bitterness Unit. Mm-hmm. Well, cheers, Ben. Let's give cheers. it a shot. I mean, it smells excellent. Let's see how it tastes. But it smells super fresh. I mean, super fresh. Oh, man, that's good. I like the pine. I that's mean, you could, you really could, you, good. Doesn't have the bite that you would, and the Christmas that you would it doesn't, potentially it, want. It doesn't, it's not overly hoppy. I mean, it hits no. you with a little bit of hop, but then it kind of gives way to that pineness that sort of pine note in it that you kind of have in the the nose but it's crisp and it sort of disappears it it's not a lingering aftertaste that you get no and, it's and the little bit of lingering that you get is actually it's quite nice i mean it's actually a little bit more bitter than i would expect The the IBU scale goes from zero to infinity. One hundred and twenty would have a high bitterness, and a five would have an almost no bitterness. Mm-hmm. This is a sixty six, so it's right in the middle. Yeah, I mean, you get you get you get a fair enough a bitter a fair enough bitterness. I mean, where it's enjoyable, it's not overly bitter, but it's 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 bitter with that sort of pine notes at the end but it's not too citrusy either i mean it's with, with uh, yeah the, the citrus notes i don't get any Mm-mm. i actually don't get a single yeah i know ci- i mean we've tasted some really especially with ipas i mean you get citrusy, you know, citrusy notes but this one not a lot of citrusy notes there but i like you said ben i mean like you enjoy the the, the pine i also enjoy that sort of pine sort of flavor in beers so i'm wondering if it comes from the hops i think they might mm-hmm. be missing mm-hmm. that whatever that hop is that gives it that really citrusy flavor mm-hmm. uh but I, I mean i think it's it's extraordinarily fresh i don't know whether it would be fresh in your part of the country if you were able to get a hold of it uh but you know we're two hours away from san diego mm-hmm. so it was probably delivered fairly recently but it's it's extraordinarily fresh the the hoppiness is not you know too pronounced but it's it's sort of middle of the road but it's got that nice aftertaste that you know isn't overly dry it isn't overly yeah i mean there's there's bitter. a slight bit of dryness now that you mentioned the dryness there is just a little bit of dryness there um but th- with the pine notes it it gives it a li- like that refreshing sort of yeah. flavor because sometimes an ipa can be a little too dry mm-hmm. uh on the finish Oh, 
but I love that pine. I like though. it. I like because it's not overpowering. I mean, I could. It's not too strong. I mean, this is something. I mean, it doesn't have a. The carbonation isn't, you know, mm. so pronounced. You can almost drink it, you know, continually. Yeah, easily. without your eyes watering some, or your throat hurting. You know, it's about seven percent too. Seven percent, you know, uh, alcohol by volume. You know, you'd expect something a little bit strong, but this is actually very easy to drink. It goes down with no problem. Oh, no problem. Hmm. Ah. Little bit more citrus, maybe, but I'm not sure if they even need it. it mm-hmm. The only thing it's missing is a little bit more crispness, a little bit more uh, carbonation. You sound, you sound like a me now. A little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more. Uh, but you have to agree, it needs a little bit more. I would say so. It's, it's I would a say little so, on the flat I, side. You know, it, it is. It is. Uh, it is a very solid beer, though. This is very good. It's actually better than I expected it would be. So it's better than the Burbank beer. I don't know. Maybe we'll try that next week. Burbank beer. Oh my god! I just you know wanted something very local. Yeah, that's, that's like very local. Yeah. So you went to two cultural hotspots: Burbank and San Diego. I, I, I don't know what you have against San Diego. I like San Diego. Uh, San Diego is very antiseptic. It's very clean. <laughs> it's very uh, non-threatening. You know, there's not a lot of controversy culture uh you know it's just a very it's a beachy nice it's like orange county you know it's very yeah. uh, i mean it's 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 very it's it's one of the very few places i would actually consider moving if i had to move san diego would be a very comfortable place to move uh, it's very comfortable that, i mean that, you're close I would, to the I would, beach it's very comfortable yeah, it's <laughs> no doubt about that. You're not gonna like the bars you go to in West it's Hollywood like, or or New York City. It's like a large city that has a, never like a beach there. community feel. It definitely has a yes. That is yeah. true. You going to <laughs> more P- so than L.A. Are you going to PB, dude? You going to Pacific <laughs> Beach today, dude? Gas lamp. Uh, gas lamp district. <laughs> Do you want to pay fourteen dollars for a bad drink? Actually, it's probably like twenty bucks now. Well, I mean, that's but I had a bad experience. I went to Gas Lab and I was like, I, see, expected I, think, it, I think you had a very bad experience. I did, because I expected it to be like, okay, I mean, if I'm going to pay, you know, 15, 16 bucks for a, you know, for a Tangerine tonic or a Bombay and tonic, I expect the atmosphere. I mean, would you rather spend $20 in Pasadena? Well, no, but I expect the atmosphere. Spend... I expect like something special, like a, a bar. I that, mean, there are a lot of people over there. San but it's just like a regular bar. It's like San it's some eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old kid, or twenty-one-year-old kid serving me, you know, a yeah, gin but, and tonic. I'm like, you better, you better step your game up if you want sixteen bucks for this. Yeah, but people from San Diego are, are very approachable, very open, very friendly. I mean, you know, that's what makes the Gas Lab District, you know, not like exciting. I mean, I've been there in years and years, but when I went there, you know, it was, it was, I, it was nice. It was I all guess. Right. I mean, it's, it's nice. I mean, I would take I, Chicago. You know, I would take like the nice parts of Chicago, like well, Gold I mean, Coast, not, Michigan Avenue. I mean, if you're gonna live, a, if you're gonna live somewhere, I, I I would live in Chicago, no doubt about it. Chicago it's is cold. is definitely my second favorite city in in the cold. United States, no doubt. No cold though. It's cold, but the people there, it's cold. It is a fun, fun city. Once it drops below sixty, I can't do it. Yeah, but you never <laughs> you never go outside. You go from work to the bar to home. Like from work to the gym to home. Eventually, like in the wintertime, that's all you do. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, so you might actually enjoy it more than you think. I don't know. If it's cold, no. Well, but you're not going to be outside. You're just going to go from your office to the to the train uh, to the bar to home. Nope. I'm telling you, you you under. I think you you underestimate how much you would like Chicago. I think. 
I think you under, uh, underestimate the amount or how much you would like San Diego if you actually live there. Uh, I might. I might. That is true. That is true. Uh, so what would you give this on our thirsting goal rating scale from zero? I would, I would say this is an eight. Being this is actually very, This is actually, I, I was actually surprised. Ooh, an eight. I was actually surprised by the flavor of this beer because I, you know, I, I do enjoy that those pine notes in any beer that I'm drinking. And this one has a lot of the pine with a little bit of bitterness, which I also do enjoy, whether it's in beer or in coffee. Uh, I enjoy that as well. And uh, like you said, if it had, if it had just a bit more pop uh, or, or just like just the head or carbonation in it, I mean, it would be so much more, it, it, would, it would be, you know, a nine, maybe even not, maybe not a 10, but a nine, you know, if it was just a little bit more, cause it, it has, it finishes a little flat, slightly dry, but that pine, I love the pine notes. Oh yeah. And that reminds me, uh, and I'm going to give it an eight as well, uh, because I think it's just, I think it's missing the same thing. It's just a little bit of a pop, a little bit of a citrus. Just a little, there's one element that's missing. And that reminds me, now that we are back recording the podcast together, we have done our seventh round IPA that Franny and I brew. We did our sixth yep. round Hefeweizen that we also brewed. Yep. So we are coming up on our fifth round. So yeah. we have to brew a beer fairly soon before it's 150 degrees it will be very soon <laughs> out here in the so, summer in southern california you know next saturday i work but the following saturday if i'm off maybe we can brew beer well, what do we do a pilsner uh we can do a pilsner because IPA, they need, they, uh, pilsners need a cold environment to ferment um, I'll find something. I'll find something. I, I, I was thinking of like an an a, a, an amber ale because I think amber ales can ferment in about seventy to seventy five degrees. So I, I I'll find something though. And that's you know generally about the temperature inside the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So it, folks, if you haven't checked out our previous podcast, we we brewed a. IPA as well as a Hefeweizen, and both of them turned out pretty well. Uh, made more beer in both batches than than Friday and I could drink yep. uh, together. Yeah, uh, so we did donate some to our friends and family. Usually drink five gallons of beer. <laughs> yeah, so it you know, but we we want to develop and hone our brewing skills. So we do have uh, one more beer at least. We got to get to the first round, which hopefully will be our top beer. So we have about five more rounds to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Franny gives this one an eight. I give it an eight. Franny, anything else to add before we... Nothing else to add. our fans adieu. Nope. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, man, is our housekeeping to finish up. Okay. All right. This is the saddest part of the show each and every week. This is Thirsting Gold Podcast, a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstinggold.busproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You don't need to be listening for the updated NFL news. We have beer, brown reviews, as well as television reviews, as well as our 30 for 30 reviews. You can check out our show notes, and from there you get links to all the stories we discuss and all of the browns and beers that we review. You get links to all the podcatchers out there, as well as Pandora. We're on Pandora, folks. You get links to Apple Podcasts, CastBox, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Spotify, 
all of your podcatchers. From there, you can also leave us a review, a five-star review, Franny. How many stars? Five stars, Ben. Only five stars. You can email us at podcastthirstygoal at gmail.com. You can also follow us at our awesome Instagram account, at Thirstand, and on our mediocre Twitter account, at Goal Thirst. Check out all of Franny's amazing photography. The photography will be much better now that we are back doing the show together. So thank you all so much. Franny, anything to say before we bid our fans good night? No, thank you very much for listening. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.